here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. <laughs> Give me a name. I like Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In, like in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Just stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I am Rich Krejci alongside, as always, the King of Banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how was your Christmas? How was my Christmas? Yeah, how was your Christmas? I'm curious. I'm always curious how was Joe Lanza. Actually, my, my mom's curious, so I better just ask for her. So, Oh, yeah, your mom wants to know how my Christmas went. Mm-hmm. We, were at, we were at dinner um, on Christmas, and she said, oh, what, what's Joe doing for Christmas? I was like, why do you care? I, like, I, love, how, I love how I'm coming up on, during your Christmas dinner. That's fantastic. And that's what I mean. I was like, really, Mom? You're going to ask me about Joe Lanza during while well, we're eating Christmas dinner? Yeah, and, and yes, that is actually true. So. I'm a very compelling man. You, know? you must be. People yeah. want to know what's going on with Joe Lanza uh, you know, during their Christmas dinner. I, I appreciate that. Tell your mother I appreciate that. And uh, I know she. You can call her Rose. You can call her Rose from here on out now if you'd like. Rose, so. I appreciate that. I, I yeah, you know, I feel like you guys are on that level now that you can just, you know. <laughs> she's listening to my soul. Well, she said, "How's Joe?" And like, I have another friend named Joe, so I went into this story about my 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 you know IRL friend Joe, and she was like, "No, Joe Lands." I was like, "Oh, all right. Like, sorry, I thought you were curious about yeah, that." So Joe. she don't care about the other jabroni. She wants to know what's <laughs> going on with Joe Lanza. You see, so she don't she don't care about the kid that she's known since he was a kid. She cares about what Joe Lanza's up to. On a Christmas. I saw my brother on Christmas. Uh, I'm going to be an uncle. How about that? Oh, wow. Nice. Yes. Was that, that was rather sudden, wasn't it? Or no? Was that... I guess he knocked her up. I don't know. But uh... <laughs> was that, was it intended? Was it, you know, we're, we're trying to have a child or I what? I don't think so. Um, okay. All right. I got a picture of the uh, fetus today. Oh, that's yeah, I'm looking worst. at my phone here. This is. I'm sorry. That's that's terrible. I, I don't want to ever see this... that. Like people always send me those. And I'm like, I, I don't care. These man. things like... have gotten fancy. I'll tell you. Oh, the 3D, they did like the 3D imaging thing? It's got like fingers, a mouth, hmm. a nose, but there's no eyes on this thing. It's very <laughs> babies, strange. Babies are disgusting. I'll, I'll just say it right now. It's got but... no eyes. You can see like the cord going across its stomach. It's got like, it looks like it has an enormous head. It's some funky looking creature, I'll tell you. But um, apparently it's a girl. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'm going to have a niece. Uncle Joe. So that's, Uncle that's what I did. Uh. On, on Christmas, that was the uh, big announcement. But uh, so yeah, you could report back to Rose. <laughs> She's listening anyway, so I don't have to. But but uh, anyway, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That, that, I got. I don't really have much more to add. I'm just looking at this this fetus pic. Do you call it a fetus? Is that what you? 
Um, I don't know at what point it becomes what. I, I know nothing of like children. Like, I think I don't know what it like. If you show me a two year old, I would think that they're like a seven year. I don't know that anything about children. Well, this thing's got like fingers already and a mouth. Okay. It just doesn't have eyeballs. Like, there's no eyes on this thing. It looks. It, right. Is it possible that they're closed? Jeff? I don't. I don't think so because I don't. See, <laughs> okay. It, it, so it does not. Have I eyeballs. don't see lids. It it looks like something out of a horror movie. To be completely honest with you, I'm gonna text you this because. I'm not. No, I hate these. I hate yeah, these. I don't want to listen. Oh, okay. You have to see this because I'm telling. Like when my own friend said, no, check, that, let alone check it out. your brother. I'm telling you right now, there's no eyes. Okay. There's no eyes on this thing. All right. My phone is 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 fired up. All right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Thrilling radio as we check our phone. Yeah, yeah. But it's but just so you know that I'm not like BSing you. You need, okay. you need to see this eyeless baby. Or oh, I just got a call right now. I thought you were calling me. No, 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 no calls. Yeah, all right. I actually need to take that call, but that's all right. We'll, we'll worry till after the show. When he sent me this today, I thought it was like a gag. I'm like, "What? Do you, what is this?" He's like, "No, that's that's my child." So I I don't. Still nothing, Joe. I don't know. It's coming. It's coming. Hold on. Okay. All right. All right. It. You gotta you know be. Oh, there it is. Um. Okay. Yeah, that's how they always kind of look. It has no um, eyes. Am I? Right? No, I'm pretty sure they're closed. No, I think they're closed. Well, and the, the hands are in front of the one eye, and the other one is, yeah, I, I believe, it does have eyes. Where's the end and, the, and, like, the cheek begin? There's no, I'm telling you, there's no eyes on it. Well, there's hands over. Okay, nobody knows what we're talking about, so they can't see it, and we're not going to post it on the show. I might post sure. it. I might post it. Well, look, <laughs> put it on the forums or something. Look at the size of the head, too. Is that is that all? Well, that's why babies are creepy, because their heads are so big. That's why I don't like children at all. Like, they're just, like, big-headed, because their head's, like, the basically the same size as an adult, but the rest of their body is tiny, and it just freaks me out. No, I don't no, like but them. I mean, like, the back of the head, is that all head back there? Uh, you know, again, I, I I'm not a very uh, I'm not the foremost expert, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Or is that like uterus? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. This fa- like these pictures are amazing now, though. Like, you used to see these pictures that it would just look like you were looking at like a blob, right? And you'd be like, right, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and you kind of had to guess what it was. Yeah, oh, that's you know, that's the arm. You, that's you the have to be arm. polite. <laughs> you have to be polite because like the parents would be all excited. And they'd be like. Oh, look, like here, yeah, like you're saying, oh, here's the head. It has your brother's nose, look. Right, you're and like, you're oh. like, there's not, all I see is mush. There's no, there's no human in that right. picture. This picture, there's clearly a human here. The only issue with this human is I'm afraid it's going to be born without eyes. Yeah, it has no I, eyes and a gigantic alien there's head. There's no eyes on this, on this, on this, on this uh, being. What do you call, it's a fetus, right? I don't. Or is I, it a fetus when it. I, I don't. I I know nothing about children or babies or we're, anything. We're or, really bad at this. I'm not even sure how childbirth happens. So uh, you know, I'm I'm, basically, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out too. So uh, a stork delivers it, Rich. Uh, That's what I thought. Okay. Do people still do the stork gimmick? Do they tell? Um, I feel like you can't tell modern kids like yeah, because you know what I mean, because they can find it so easily. Yeah, the inter- you know, yeah, the internet. You know, they right. They they've got porn and <laughs> you know, like every kid has seen porn by the time they're like seven. You know. Do you really so, think so? I, who's like? Would a kid even want to watch porn when they're like seven? I think they're accidentally running into it because I, I mean, it's just I, I accidentally run into it. I mean, well, I, I don't know. If, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I, I feel I, like you, you you seek it out. I definitely <laughs> seek it out too. I mean, you know, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm a grown man, Rich. I have my I have my needs. I mean, there's dark, lonely nights. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, look, the, the Tinder isn't always a hit. You know, so I got to spend a little me time now and then, but. I'm just saying, like, I have a feeling these kids are running into porn much younger. Look, Rich, when we were kids, we had to really seek it out. 
you know, you had to go digging through your parents' bedroom to look for your dad's VHS. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You had to go looking underneath mattresses for magazines. Like we, we had to hunt out to see to see like tits when we were. Yeah, yeah. My my one of my friends, his his dad got it like a Playboy subscription, and like little by little, what he would do is like steal like the previous month's magazine, right? Because his dad would notice that. He would only notice, like, the current month. So he couldn't steal the current month. He had to steal, like, the November edition or whatever. And then, like, little, and then like one time he just came to school and, like, opened up his backpack. And there was just, like, 20 of them. And we were just like, oh, my God. We just went, like, absolutely nuts. Yeah, like, absolutely. yeah it was it was the, the greatest moment of Tearing all Tearing pages life. out to take it home for later. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, now. I remember one of the Spice Girls was on it, too. Which was the, uh, well, I forgot which one. Um, well, I hope it was Ginger. Yeah, it was Ginger. That's, that's right. That's the best yeah, Spice Girl, no question. That was a good, I think was a... I, I I was all about Ginger Spice. I don't, I don't know. Oh, you know what? Posh was good too. I enjoyed. Yeah, she got better in her older age though. She wasn't as great. Y- then. You're right. You're right about that. Posh, I think, probably held up the best too. Let's. Oh, uh, maybe not. Let me see. Uh, now she's kind of gotten. She had like a few year period where she she was there, but then it kind of it kind of fell off now. You know what? I changed my mind. I think Posh was my favorite. Okay. I don't I don't know what she looks like now. But uh, she was more up the land's alley. I didn't like any of the other ones, to be honest with you. No, I'm not too. Uh... I mean, look, I'm not. Look, it's not like I would kick them out of bed. You know what I mean? Like, what about Scary Spice? I think she, she ended up being a uh, pretty. Did she bang Eddie Murphy? She did. I believe she uh, uh, more than banged. I think she conceived a child, uh, a fetus, if you will. Well, uh, that means she so. that then it's confirmed that she banged <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <laughs> that but, we know of. It could have been artificial insemination. I, I don't know that. So, but yeah, I think I think um, peak spot uh, peak. Oh, that that's hard to say. Peak posh. Peak peak pop. That's like a tongue twister. Try to say that. Peak posh. Yeah. It's... Peak posh spice. I think baby is... and sporty can get lost though. They now and forever. they can, yeah. they can, but here's, <laughs> here's my point though. Like I'm not like, all right. So sporty's probably the last. She's probably comes in fifth place. Right. Sporty look like, but, but here's the thing. Like I'm, I wouldn't kick her out of bed. You know what I mean? Like, no, she's still a bed. I'd, I'd definitely take her home. You know what I mean? But it's like, I, she's, she's, she'd be last in this lineage though. And I wouldn't lose any sleep if she turned me down. What I'm saying here, peak peak posh would be my number one, but ginger, ginger, you know, I think she'd have to be a, a close second, and then the rest, I don't know, you could put them in whatever order you want. I think sporty would be last though. Yes, yeah, sporty's still last. I think I'm looking at uh, current pictures. If you're into the blondes though, you got the baby, but I'm not a big blonde guy. No, nah, but I, I can see people picking her. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a thrilling conversation. I'm glad we had this conversation. Well, we have a lot of European listeners. We do, so they'd be, yeah. And and, and look, I don't know if you were aware of this, Rich, but this is the number one wrestling podcast in the Isle of Man. And I've heard rumors of that, yeah. And I think think we got a plaque. I'm surprised they they, they should send us a plaque, like the Isle of Man, like, um, I don't know, not the Treasury. I don't know, like the the, the Department of, of, I don't know, some, some department needs to send us a damn plaque, right? Uh, they, someone, I think like the U S embassy in the I Isle of man, man or something like that. Yeah. Should... Something like that. Yeah. Some, someone like those need to send us one as like uh, the official most popular wrestling podcast in the Isle of man. I think that's, that's not too much to ask. I don't think so. Are any of the spice girls from Isle of man? Let me see. I, I'm going to guess. No, this but... is all from London. I don't think anyone's from the Isle of man, except for that one listener that we had. We got, Remember we had many listeners. No, we have many, but that one guy on Twitter like reached out immediately. and was like, "I am a listener yeah, from the Isle of Man." And I was like, "That is awesome!" Like, that's a great because, like, I kind of thought like a jokingly like somebody's IP got like mixed up, and it was and some someone told us that too. They're like, "Oh, a lot of people use IP blockers, and some of them are from the Isle of Man." So then we talked about it that one time, and then the guy like like minutes after the show aired, 
like tweeted at us was like, I am from the Isle of Man and I listen to you guys. I was like, there you go. That's right. See, that's right. it's not a damn lie. We are popular in the Isle of Man. Joe, before we go um, into kind of the, the, the meat and potatoes of the show, which we're going to be a lot of Wrestle Kingdom talk, uh, a little bit of Dragon Gate, as we mentioned, some other stuff as well. Uh, did you see the story earlier? You're, you're still a, a college football uh, observer, right? Uh, from afar, sure. From afar. Okay, so... You know the bowl systems and all that sort of stuff. You know that like players get benefits if they go to bowls. You know you get you, you know a, a watch or something like that. You get a, a a bunch of pizza from Jets Pizza when you play in the Jets Pizza you know fucking bowl or whatever the hell it is. Or, you know what I mean? So which is kind of funny. This is more of a K and P topic, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk to you about this because uh, I'm very curious of your reaction to this. So uh, this is in uh, a story from SECCountry.com, and it says Arkansas senior tight end Jeremy Sprinkle, which is a fantastic porn name by the way. Jeremy Sprinkle uh, was suspended from the Belk bowl the belk bowl after charlotte police cited him for shoplifting so joe here's the story of this sprinkle attempted to shoplift items at the belk department store at the south park mall in charlotte on tuesday uh and belk by the way for people that don't live in the south that's kind of like a department store of this it's a southern region like kind of right like i don't know what would be the comp you've lived in both the north and the south what would be the belk comp we don't have belks in texas but it's not like it's not fancy put it that way Right, okay, so it's like, I don't know, like a TJ Maxx, or it, did you have TJ Maxx's by you? It's or, like I don't above know. Walmart, I think, I, yeah, or, yeah, but it's like below, it's not like a Macy's or like a Bloomingdale's or anything like, does Bloomingdale's still exist? Or did, I'm not so, sure Bloomingdale's. It's, it's below like a Macy's or a Nordstrom, for sure, but it's 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 above like a Walmart, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, yeah. I was in Walmart today, and that was a nightmare. I don't go often. I, I never. I, you couldn't. You couldn't pay me to stop. I don't go often, but I went today, and I just the lady pushing the broom was following me down every aisle. She's like hitting my. I'm like, I, I got to get out of this Walmart. I've had, I've had this theory that like Walmart create like human beings get created at Walmart, and then they live their entire lives in it. Because you go to a Walmart, and you're lo- whatever local town you're in. And these people, and you look at it, and you're like, I have never seen these people, and they don't live in my town. You know what I mean? They are, I don't know. You can go to the nicest from. town and walk into the Walmart, and it's the same people. It's like they're, it's like a Westworld in every Walmart. It's just like they're created to, like, wander around and, like, bump into Twizzler bags. And, you know what I mean? And, like, who are you people? I've never seen you anywhere else. And they never ring out either. They're just always walking around and, aimlessly. And th- like zombies. And, th- <laughs> right. and 30% of them are on, like, the, 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 the little golf carts. Right, and they hit your cart at and some And they're point. driving around on the golf carts. But here's the thing. Like, the people on the golf carts, it, here's what's bizarre. A lot of times, they're clearly not handicapped, so they don't need the golf cart. And they're not even, like, morbidly obese. They're just normal people. on the, They're people of Walmart on the golf cart. Yeah. I don't think – I think they should be more selective in who they allow to use the golf carts because these are able-bodied people using the golf carts. And the golf carts are very much – they very much impede the pedestrians inside the wall. You got to dodge out of the way. These things are going 15 miles per hour. These people have no concern for your well-being. They'll run you down on these golf carts, and they're rude people. Because, like you said, I don't know where these people come from. They don't, <laughs> they don't, they live, don't in really live in your town. I don't know who they are. They're people yeah. of Walmart, and they're they're. It's a Westworld. It's a Westworld situation going on there. I'm I'm convinced of it, and I I continue to be convinced every time I step foot in one set. Because they don't ring out either. Nobody ever rings out at Walmart. Did you ever notice that? Because like you get to the line and there's like two people in line ever. But you go to the store and the, the parking lot's full and there's always just people wandering. But then like you go to ring out and there's like three people ringing yeah, out. But there's a lot of wandering. Any, a lot of wandering. Any time of day too. You, go in th- you ever go in like three in the morning? Exactly. Yeah. Every time. Like we have gone like one time. Like, and that's the only time I ever really step foot there anymore is if me and my buddies are doing something. We need like something. We, and like there's no other store that's going to be open. So we go to, And then we go there and there's like the same 12 people. 
like with their golf cart bouncing into like the candy aisle or whatever. And you're like, what the hell is like, my, never ringing out, though. there's one uh, in a neighboring town, which isn't the best town. And they actually have a greeter on staff, no matter what, like if you go in at three 30 in the morning, they, they still have the greeter on staff. But what I've discovered is it's not really a greeter, rich. It's a loss prevention person in disguise. Because yeah. Oh, it's 3:30 absolutely. In yeah. The morning. Yeah. So they, they, they disguise themselves as a greeter with their little vest, but they got their eye. They're watching you, Rich. They got their eyes on you because it's late at night and it's not the best town. But listen, with because you got to have it, though, because it, with the wall, you got some shady people coming in the Walmart. You know what I mean? You know, oh, yeah. you, you ever see these videos online that they, they got like racks of ribs down in their sweat? You, ever, you see that guy with the rack of ribs in his sweatpants? And he had the James Winston with his, uh, his, with his, his big crab legs. Yeah, yeah. Crab legs. Absolutely. But which which brings us full circle to this this story. So Sprinkle, who I mentioned, Jeremy Sprinkle, attempted to shoplift items at the Belk Department Store at South Park Mall in Charlotte on Tuesday, putting eight items into his bag after the team's shopping spree had finished. Now here's here's the kind of the background here. Arkansas and its Belk Bowl opponent, Virginia Tech, had 90 minutes to spend $450 gift cards at Belk on anything in the store. The players also receive a fossil watch. So the players got $450 in 90 minutes to do a shopping spree at Belk. This guy then, after that, put eight additional items into his bag and tried to leave. So $450 wasn't enough for this kid. He then tried the, the shoplift from the store as well. And he got a fossil watch. In like a team-sanctioned oh shopping spree. Oh, man. I just can't it, defend it. I thought it was the best story Here, ever. Here's I a problem it. I have, though. I, I got a problem with Belk here, too. Okay, yeah, go ahead. What's with the 90-minute time limit? Yeah, I agree. That's the, so John and I talked about this kind of full circle with the, the KMP show. We talked about this two weeks ago when we were going over uh, last show we had, we were going over all the bulls and, and all the, all the gifts you can get and kind of laughing at them. And this is the one that stuck out to us is like the shopping spree. And then we're like, okay, that's not bad. A shopping spree. Then we saw it's like 90 minutes. That's a restricted minute limit on your shopping spree. Just give the kids a gift card for God's sakes. Right. And then like, let them decide what they want to do. with I it. I don't understand the time limit. What, what is, what is this? Like super, what, what is that show? Uh, supermarket, uh, supermarket, Supermarket sweep. sweep, great show. What do we One of my do? Are, are, are these kids, are they running down the aisle with their belk <laughs> fucking cart? You know, like loading shit in. Like, and why on supermarket sweep do they not go right for the turkeys? Why? I scream. Great value. Scream great value. Scream at yeah. the TV every time. Go right to the turkeys and just load that cart with turkeys. I, you know, they're 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 getting cereal boxes that are like three dollars a piece. Saltines. They're always getting the saltines. Yeah, what are you it's doing? Like, Go right yeah. to the turkeys. They're like thirty dollars each. You know what I mean? Like, why are you wasting time? I love the show. I could if if there was just a channel that played that on a constant repeat, I would probably watch it every day. I love that show. And I always thought I could be so good at it too as a kid. Like I used to go with my mom to the grocery store for the sole purpose of like studying the prices. Just because I didn't know when that call was gonna come that like for some reason I'd be on supermarket sweep. Or like my dad would be like, hey, we're going to wherever the hell they filmed it. We got, I'm, I'm on. And I'd be like, oh, I can help you, dad. I got this. Like, I know everything about this. Yeah, would have been a trip. Forgetting that grocery stores are different everywhere and the prices are different depending on taxes and whatnot. But, you know, hey, I was like seven, so I didn't know. Look, that, I know where the turkeys are no matter what. Okay. I'm going, you got to go right for the turkeys and right for the steaks. I don't know what these people are doing on supermarket sweep. I think they freaked out because they got their timer and they, they weren't sure where to go. You know what I mean? Like they would get their cart and they would just go wild. And they, because I guess they didn't know the layout or whatever. And I could see that being an issue if you don't know the layout. Yeah, just go right. But every grocery store is kind of the same, though. You, you know? go right to the meat. I mean, what are you right. doing? Right. I agree. I agree. I mean, right to the back corner of the store. I mean, what are you doing? And what are we doing? What the hell are I don't know. We have such a, such a big show to talk about here. But <laughs> before we get going, I uh, just want to let people know that there's been some issues with uh, our podcast and iTunes. 
um, and, and all the podcasts on the Voice Wrestling Network. Uh, we're trying to get it fixed right now. We have no idea. Uh, iTunes is very finicky sometimes. Know that we're, we've done everything we can on our end, and I God only knows what's going on. We've had a few people that have unsubscribed and then resubscribed, and that's worked. Uh, if you're also looking for an alternative of like, hey, they're not updating, and, and I'm, have you guys disappeared? Why is there no podcast coming up? Uh, you can subscribe via our RSS, like a direct RSS line. If you go to voicewrestling.com slash podcast dash RSS, that's voicewrestling.com slash podcast dot RSS, that'll take you to a direct RSS feed that then you can subscribe to um because itunes we don't know we're trying to get it fixed with itunes but i have no idea what's going on i have no idea if it's gonna get fixed it's definitely something on their end it's absolutely nothing on our end but i know there's been plenty of people that have said hey where have you guys been i haven't seen you guys in two weeks you haven't done a show in a while i was like no we've done plenty of shows but uh that is one of the issues so definitely uh check that out try to unsubscribe resubscribe or do that other link that i gave you the voicewrestling.com slash podcast.rss and see if one of those two uh, solutions work for you uh in the meantime while we try to get that fixed so just wanted to let that go but we have plenty to get to joe the biggest of it, Wrestle Kingdom 11, right? You know, this is um, the final show of 2016, if my calculations are correct. I don't, uh, you'd be I don't correct. think we'll be doing a show in two days. <laughs> I, I hope not. Um, this is the fifth full year of this show. Oh, God. Don't depress me. Because we started this show the the very beginning, January of 2012. So this is, uh, yeah, this is the fifth full year of this show. The show we do next week will be the start of year number six of this show. That's pretty amazing uh, when you look at it that way. And um, I, I went and I was going to look up the champions of the, the World Wrestling Entertainment during the date of our first show to see if you can guess them. You know what the problem is, Rich? You go on the cage match, right? And you look up all the WWE titles. Mm-hmm. There's been 29 different titles in the history of this company. You wouldn't think that there <laughs> yeah. was that many. And there's been like 17 different sets of tag team titles. And I legitimately can't figure out which set of tag team titles existed in January of 2012. Because every time I click one, it says the titles are inactive. I, I, I How many times have they changed? Like the, you, you don't really think of it that way, but all these different title lineages and everything else, and, and they just created – now they got the SmackDown titles now, which is going to complicate things further. Um, I guess it would be the WWE Raw tag team titles. Back to. <laughs> which reminds me because they did uh, – somebody on – and I think we, we retweeted on the Voice of Wrestling account. Um, somebody did – you know how they have uh, before New Japan uh, big you know title matches. They'll have that video that they play of all the ex-champions or whatever. Yeah. Well, someone made that for WWE, and I thought I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea, and I checked it out or whatever. That fucking video goes on for like nine minutes. It's every past WWE champion, and I swear to God, from like 2007 to 2015 was, I'm not even kidding, like 10 minutes all in itself. You're just like, good God, I forget how many people were champions. And then like you see the amount of times they're champions or whatever, and it's just like, oh, Lord. It's it's outrageous, but I think I may have found, do you want to take a stab at who the WWE tag team champions were? The WWE we did our very champion. So this is so 2012, right? This is January 2012. Like we're talking the last week of January 2012. I think is when we did the first show. Okay. Wow. Man, um, was this one of the like the was it one of the Miz Big Show teams? It was not. Oh damn it! This is a. I tell you what, this team is on the roster today. Really? Shockingly enough, yeah. Huh. Oh, man. It wasn't the Usos, was it? No, but you're close. It was Epico and Primo. Really? Okay. All they right. defeated Air Boom. 
Jan- oh, Air Boom. January the first 50. name ever. God defeated damn it. Air Boom. I think our first show was just us complaining about the name Air Boom, but... And then they lost the titles. I don't know what happened to Evan Bourne. He was probably on one of his drug suspensions. But, uh... <laughs> just hanging out in Hawaii, as usual. Epico and Primo uh, then lost the titles to Kofi and R-Truth, which I don't remember that team at all. Um, and, and so, yeah. But then, uh... I'll tell you, then it, it, the lineage gets pretty clear after that because then Team Hell No defeated Kofi and R-Truth. And uh, you'd probably be able to follow it pretty much from there because then you had The Shield who held it. Uh, you know, that was Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Then uh, Cody Rhodes and Goldust. Remember the New Age Outlaws, Rich? They lost to the Usos. And then Cody Rhodes and uh, Goldust again. And then away you go. Miz, Miz Dow and Miz. Usos. We're getting into modern times here. Cesaro and Kid. And then the new day. So, uh, huh. you know, I, it, it feels like it was a million years ago, but there really wasn't a ton of title reigns since then. Yeah. Well, it, it helps that, you know, new days in there. Cause you, you right there, you said it like Cesaro and, and, and kid and Tyson kid. And then the new day, you know what I mean? Like that, I, I was thinking, I was like, who kid? Well, who, well, oh, yeah, prime time kid. players like, had that short run and then new day won them back. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. But yeah, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, like I, I don't really have any recollection of the Epico and Primo run or the, or the Kofi Kingston, our truth team. But once you get to team hell, no, I remember all of those title changes. I remember all of those teams. Uh, but, but for some reason in between team hell, no, and Kofi Kingston and our truth, I, I, that, I couldn't tell you anything before. I mean, you only have to go back. You go to Primo and Epico and you know, they, they beat air boom, air boom, beat David Otunga and Michael McGillicuddy. <laughs> So I mean, you know that that feels like ancient history. But then three champions later, Team Hell No feels like it was yesterday. That doesn't feel that long ago at all. So I don't know. It's kind of Which is good. good. You want that? You you want you, want, you know you want to be able to go through the lineage. Champions. And... You know what I mean? It's like Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel held these titles three times. I couldn't have told you that they hold them three times. And and one of their reigns was ended by Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov. So I mean, you know. Yeah, they were a team. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Good lord. Jeez. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think of who. So it was Punk the, the WWE champion? Or you don't even know because there's like six Punk. different WWE champions. It was Punk. Okay, yeah. He still had it then. It was Punk at that time. Correct. Uh, let you, let's see the Intercontinental real quick here. Well, that was that was that weird period. I think that was a period where it was like, um, I remember it wasn't Zack Ryder like the US and, and Daniel Bryan was the WWE. I, I forget if that lasted all the way through, but there's that famous picture of oh no 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 because that would that wouldn't have lasted because like that has like it's like air boom zach Ryder, daniel bryan punk you know all those guys all holding titles at the same uh, time beth phoenix yeah oh that's right yeah beth isn't it i was, I was trying to figure out who the woman uh, was that was in there the yeah, intercontinental champion for our first show oh god that that entire title man i that's like anytime the intercontinental title comes up in a squared circle and it's like anything post like 1994 it's just i'll tell you what i'll give you one clue and I think you can get this. Um, we're going to talk about this man. Oh, it's Cody, right? It's Cody. Yeah. That was the, the mask. The mask, mask gimmick. Yes. Yeah, that was the best. That was my favorite Cody gimmick. There you go. He, I he, still had faith. I still had faith in Cody. He beat Ezekiel Jackson for the title. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> big Zeke. Uh, big Rick from Lucha Underground. Didn't they kill him? Isn't he dead? <laughs> I believe Big Rick is indeed dead. But did, he, so. did he die in the show or did they kill him in the, in the comic book? Cause didn't didn't they kill someone in the comic book or something, and it and they counted that as part of the show canon? Lucha Underground stinks. I mean, it's just, <laughs> we it's, we have some notes about them at the end if we do get to so it. It's so bad. Uh... I mean, I you know who could watch that 
crap. All right, uh, you are correct. In a uh, in the four issue miniseries explaining what had happened after Ultima Lucha and before season two, it is revealed that Rick is killed by the Disciples of Death. Yeah, you know your you know your uh, Lucha Underground canon. I'll, I'll give you. I may that. not watch, but I, I I guess I know what's going well, on. It's incredible. Uh, all right. Are we gonna do Wrestle Kingdom at all here? Yeah, you want to talk about Wrestle Kingdom? I guess that's a show we should probably talk about at some point, right? So, Pretty big man. show coming up a few days. <laughs> big part of our website, you know, previews, reviews. You know, we have an ebook that comes out, you know, around the same time that the Wrestle Kingdom happens. No, of course, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom uh, 11 going on uh, January 4th. Uh, of course, New Japan for Wrestling's biggest show of the year, arguably next to WrestleMania, the biggest wrestling show uh, of the year. Uh, Joe, we talked about it a few weeks ago, maybe about a month or so ago. We said we we're just going to do a basic preview. This is going to be an intensive preview um, about every single match, break it down in excruciating detail, predictions. Uh, we have some great translations from Chris Charlton, who, who was able to uh, translate a lot of the pre-match uh, uh, interviews with the wrestlers, which has actually made me way more excited for a lot of the matches uh, going in. But I'll ask you first, um, overall thoughts, Russell Kingdom, of course, now, you know, a month after we have talked about it the first time, uh, we really haven't talked New Japan since then. But um, w- what are your thoughts going into the show? Are you, you, you super excited, more excited, less excited than you were before? Are you caut- cautiously optimistic? Are you, you are, well, well, What's your thoughts going into Russell Kingdom now, uh, a few days out? No, I mean, I... I think the show is going to be awesome, um, particularly the back end of the card. Those last four matches, I think, are going to be incredible. Now, the last time we talked about the show, I think the show took a little bit of a hit in the mid card mm-hmm. with uh, Yano and Ishii interjecting themselves into the tag team title match, making it a three way. Uh, I know you're with me on this. We don't like the three ways, the three way tags, uh, you know, those can get lost. So to me, that match takes a hit. But the gauntlet takes a hit, too, because you're replacing one of the best wrestlers in the world with Ishii with one of the worst major league wrestlers in the world in in Jado. So Jado steps in to the Chaos team with the never open weight six man gauntlet, which is a downgrade from Ishii. And, um, you know, they've downgraded the tag title match by making it a three way. I was I, I tell you, I was sort of looking forward to the great bash heel god match because of how good the world tag league final was right right yeah and you know to me that match had 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 some juice now but you know making it a three-way obviously is a downgrade and it's a slight downgrade for the never gauntlet too um but look these are not show killing changes by any means this is these are both mid-card matches and this show is it's good look this show, you're going to make or break this show with the final four matches. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. From, you know, the uh, the junior title match, the never title match, the intercontinental title match, and, of course, the main event. That's what's going to drive the card here. If the first six matches are all two-star specials, but those last four matches deliver like people think they're going to, no one's going to remember the first half of the card. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's often how it is too. If you go back through, you know, pre, you know, the last few, the last handful of Wrestle Kingdoms, it's very much that way too. You have a few surprises here and there, but for the most part, all anybody thinks about is is, is the last four, the last three matches of an entire card. That that's what really brings it all together, and 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 that's that's almost all wrestling shows. I mean, if the if it, it won't matter. I mean, I, I talk about my you know one of my favorite types of shows are the ones where everything is pretty good. And, you know, nothing's bad. Maybe nothing's great, but everything is really good. This, you know, regardless of that, if, if the last four are really good, you're, it's going to be an awesome show, regardless of, of what happens on the undercard, because the undercard's going to be barely, it's going to be a blip. I mean, it, it's just, it, they're not going to be long. It's, 
you know, it's just that 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 is what carries it is those last three matches, the last four matches in this case, which is actually a benefit because if you look at some other Wrestle uh, Kingdoms of recent vintage, it's been basically three matches that have kind of carried it all. This one's got four that can arguably do it. I mean, five if you really, I mean, there's there's some sleeper matches in the mid card too. I mean, yeah, those two kind of plummeted a little, but there's still some good stuff there. I mean, it, it is I think among the recent vintage Wrestle Kingdoms, I think it's the the most most solidly deep of all of them. I completely I, agree. This, yeah, to me, this on paper is the deepest Wrestle Kingdom in a while. And, and look, the Wrestle Kingdoms the last few years have been pretty deep. I mean, you got to go back probably to about 2011 to where the undercards were real shaky. You know what I mean? Like with the show that had like Jeff Hardy versus Naito, which was a horrible match, and Yano versus RVD. I think that was the same show. Um, the, the, uh, the, Togi Makabe versus uh, Azuka match where they had where it was the stipulation was they, they had to put each other to sleep. The deep sleep to lose. Deep sleep was, to it, was it, Tenzan, it was Tenzan and Azuka, Was it Tenzan and Azuka? Yeah. This is all 2011, by the way. You've mentioned every match well, there, Yeah, I mean, that, that Wrestle Kingdom, I mean, the undercard was atrocious. I mean, it was it was Wrestle Crap bad. Um, and I believe that was the Tanahashi Kojima main event, which was Correct. an excellent yep. main event. I actually just rewatched that a couple weeks ago, and I wrote a review in the uh, Kojima thread on the forum for that match. Cause I, 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 I had only watched that match once, you know, when I first watched the card and I remembered it being a good match, but on rewatch, I was like, wow, it's an, it's an awesome match. I mean, I, I recommend people go back and watch that match. You can watch it free. If you don't have new Japan world, by the way. Yeah. I wanted to mention that that's one of the really cool things in the, in the buildup to um, uh, Wrestle Kingdom is new Japan world's got a lot of stuff up there for free. You can watch every Tokyo dome show, every single one of them. For free, 1992 to 2016 for free right now uh, for non-subscribers on New Japan World. Uh, and then, yeah, every championship match from this year as well is free. So really good, uh, you know, people give New Japan World a lot of flack. And I agree that, you know, the, the, the catalog has not been really updated all that much. And, and that's been some things. But this is a really cool offer for people if, you're, if you haven't jumped in yet. And you're looking for something to watch in anticipation Wrestle Kingdom. And you don't subscribe to New Japan World. Which, by the way, it's definitely a great value to do it anyway. But if you don't subscribe, I mean, watching every single Tokyo Dome show. I, I've done a little bit of that as well. And I know you, you, you were alluding to you doing it as well. It's a really cool just kind of his background noise. I've just kind of been putting some stuff on. A lot of things that I'd never, you know, maybe saw once or never saw ever before, just kind of putting it on the background and, and going through those old Tokyo Dome shows. You don't realize, I mean, that, that's a huge catalog of shows from 92 to 2016. And there's a lot, a lot of changing companies, too. I mean, it, oh, right, it right. feels like such... I mean, you watch different points. Like, I watched 94, and then I went watched, like, 2001, and it's like, those couldn't be... Like, I'm, I'm convinced those aren't the same companies. And then you watch 2011, and then you watch 2015. Like, you know, those are... It, it's just wild how how much it changes over those years. Yeah, and then the Ukes era, and now the Kidani era, you know, starting with 2012 or whatever. So... Um, but yeah, and there's a lot of people listening who probably are not going to purchase New Japan World for another two days, right? They're probably going to wait till January and pay for the one month and cancel after Wrestle Kingdom. But if you're if if you don't have, I mean, you know, like I said, all these dome shows are free. I mean, there's some matches missing because um, they don't have rights to everything. And there was, a, a, you know, there were some wrestlers who were giving. New Japan and TV Asahi or whatever it's called a hard time about using their footage and they didn't really fight those wrestlers on it. They just took the stuff off. Um, I don't remember. There was a few Japanese wrestlers who do not appear on New Japan World and Brock Lesnar. They had, the Brock Lesnar matches were all on there the first couple of weeks and then something happened and they pulled all the Brock Lesnar matches. Not like you're missing much with anyway. He was no. Yeah, you don't really. He was not very so. good. I mean. There's a Brock Lesnar Shinsuke Nakamura match, which I believe was a dome match, which on paper looks fantastic, but in in, in like in practice, <laughs> it's not good. I mean, you know, the Le- Lesnar's effort. You know how we always talk about how great his effort level is in WWE. 
it was not so hot in New Japan. I, you know, he, he had the Kurt Angle match. He had the Nakamura match. These weren't great matches. His effort wasn't there. I mean, he was clearly just there for the for the paycheck, and the, the effort didn't match. But, uh, but yeah, all the Dome shows with a few scant missing matches are there, and all the title matches from this year, if you don't have the service. and you're- All the Brutus Beefcake you've ever wanted. All the Brutus Beefcake in Tokyo Dome that you Brutus could ever, ever want. Brutus Black yeah. Cat, right? <laughs> yeah. Brutus Black Cat. Wasn't that the first match you watched on New Japan World? I think so, yeah. The Out first time I, I busted out New Japan World. Yeah, I went to uh, – because I want to watch that Battlefield because I think somebody – I forgot where I was. Oh, no, I remember. I was, I, was, I was shopping with the nurse, and I went and grabbed my phone, and somebody was, was gifting the, um, the Liger um, – oh, fuck. The Liger Tiger Mask, right? Is that the one from Battlefield 94, Liger Tiger Mask? Or the one where, like, the entrances are, like, you know, Liger jumping off the top of the dome and Tiger Mask? Is that and, the same year Mask? with Koji Kanemoto unmasked? Yes, yeah, that is then the that, one. Okay. Yeah, then it, yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. With then. the great yeah, entrance, so yeah, that. where he dives off yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the crane or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so I saw that and I was like, holy fuck. So I, I like ran home and watched that show and then I was like, Brutus Beefcake Blackhead, here we go. Like, I wanted to watch it. Like, I didn't jump to that match immediately. I was like, no, I got to watch this whole show. And then for whatever reason, I decided with Blackhead and uh, Brutus Beefcake was how I wanted to start. But uh, yeah, you know, it got I'm, much better from that on. So. I'm, I'm going through all the, you know, classic 1982 and 83 Tiger Mask matches. You're, you're watching Black Cat versus Brutus Beefcake. So, yeah, I don't know what was going on with that. But uh, you know what I watched the other night on New Japan World? I went back and watched, you know, someone's been gifting the Steiner Brothers for the last couple of weeks on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And um, I went back and watched all seven Steiner Brothers matches that were on New Japan World. Rich, they're all fucking incredible. I mean, I I had seen some of of them, obviously, in the past, you know, with Hiroshi Hase and all those guys and uh, Sasaki. My God, if you got the time. Watch these Steiner. The Steiner brothers are so fucking good. I mean, they just do not care. They just pick guys up and throw them on their heads. They have no regard <laughs> for other people's bodies. And that's, and that's a positive. That's a fantastic thing. I mean, they don't sell for anyone. And it's funny because then there's a match where they face uh, Road Warrior Hawk and Power Warrior. And all of a sudden, they're in there with Hawk, and he doesn't want to sell. Right, so it's like a, I've seen, yeah, I've seen this. So it's this a battle awesome. of wills, right? Because you got Scott Steiner in there with Hawk, two men who have no interest in selling, and and finally, you, you know, it took Hawk to get Scott Steiner to sell a little bit. Scott Steiner spends most of that match selling because Hawk will just not sell. But yeah, those Scott Steiner matches are fantastic. But uh, yeah, a lot of free stuff on there. But as far as the show on Tuesday. I think it took a little bit of a hit in the mid card, but it's it, it, like you were saying, it's still a very deep show. There's interesting things uh, in the prelims. Why don't we break it down match by match? Let's do this. So yeah, so uh, just to let people know that the show will start because uh, I'm always curious of this and I always forget to look it up till the day before. Uh, first match uh, is 5 p.m. Japan time, which is 3 a.m. Uh, Eastern time for us. Um, so everybody knows that, and then the Rumble is scheduled to go at 4:10. Uh, Japan time, so just kind of translate it from there on. But yeah, five five p.m. Japan time is going to be three a.m. for us. And um, well, for for people, if you're the Eastern time zone, of course, adjust it per your time zone. So so the Rambo starts about two a. I would turn it on two two a.m. Eastern. That you're probably safe to do that. Yeah. Well, are they going to do that sweet? Remember the the day before they did the sweet like let us like like get the building ready video that I always had, like I had on like, I have two computers at work and one of them just the entire time was watching people set oh, up. Set a up ring. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, show, like... they show you setting up the ring. And then also on the third is the, uh, the three match wrestling festival, which this year is, um, you know, it's kind of like the WWE access version, their version right. of the access. And there's three matches and they're usually just 
you know, a collection of guys that aren't booked for the show the next day. But the reason I wanted to make sure we talked about this is because uh, th- there's a huge debut uh, this year's. Uh, they're finally dusting the mothballs off of Oka. And Oka is the guy who Kadani is uh, – Kadani and his, he's facing Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata has been training him. Um, he's very high on him. Kadani loves him. This is their hot prospect. This is a guy who they might give – a super we might be talking about this guy in a couple of months as one of the biggest stars in the company because he's going to be given every opportunity if he's any good in the ring he's going to get a mega push right out of the gate the question is no one knows whether he's good or whether he's shit he's only had those two exhibition matches on the Lionsgate shows and you can't really show anything in that they don't let them do anything number one they're only five minutes long number two and it's basically just chain wrestling things like that they don't really get to show much this is his official debut He's facing Yuji Nagata, and all eyes are going to be on this match because this is a guy who people think can be an ace in this company. They think this can be Okada's next big rivalry. I mean, there are people super high on this guy. So do not blow that off. You're going to want to watch this guy take on Nagata. This is a big-time match, and there's two other matches, Nakanishi versus Hanare as the uh, 0-7 World Tag League team explodes Rich, and they face (laughs) each other. (laughs) <laughs> is the storyline coming in this one? I, there's no storyline. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to make a storyline out of this. Okay, they teamed together in World Tag League. They didn't win a single match. They'll face each other here. Richard, you see the Nakanishi Nagata match from the court? I have not seen that one yet. I've heard, I've heard it's, it's, it's worth watching. Yeah, I've heard it's worth watching. Four-star match. Best match of the two Korokin shows. You need to go out of your way and see it. I, I'm stunned that Nakanishi could have a four-star I'm telling match you, Rich, I okay. swear to you. Okay. It's a four, people aren't exaggerating. It's an excellent match. That's one of the by yearly like Nakanishi puts all of his effort into one match well, type he thing. He went through one. He did a missile drop kick off the top rope. He did oh. a, he did a tope. He was <laughs> no yes, way. No, he I, didn't. No, not a tope. No. no, not a tope. What do you call the kick okay. where you uh, a tope is where you dive through the top and middle rope, right? What he he does the gimmick where he catapults himself over the top rope. I forget what the Mexican name for that one. What, what do you call that one? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I got you. Okay. Slingshot yourself over the top rope and do the high. Well. In his case, it was more of like a high cross knee, like a high cross body. <laughs> right. But the point is, he was that counts. That counts. That counts. Flying around. He did his high cross body off the top. He did. His high oh, cross he's hurt. He did the <laughs> Can you imagine drop the pink off the top? And they had a four star match. But yes, yeah, so it'll be Nakanishi Hinare, and then uh, the main event of that will be uh, Beast God Thunder Liger teaming up with Tiger Mask against Reisuke Taguchi, and a man that has about four different names, Rich. Uh, but we think it's uh, that think it's still safe to call him Harai Kawato, the young boy. But uh, he's the man. He look, he's the River People. We don't know. He's got nine different names on the. If you go to if you go to different parts of New Japan uh, website, you go to the roster, you go to this page, you go to that. It's different on every single page. It translates to something different. So Golly knows what he what we're actually supposed to call him now. I don't know. But it's the I'm going with the River People. River People Superi or whatever the hell it was. Subaserai. Subaserai, yeah. So River People Subaserai. Even well. David <laughs> Finley was making fun of that. Did you see? He created a meme. Yeah. He created yeah. a meme of Kawato emerging from a river. <laughs> it's just it's fantastic stuff. I mean, it's just you know, but it's it's the young boy you know as Kawato. He's teaming with Taguchi, so that's the mat. That's the three match card on the third. Now they broadcast that whole thing. I mean, it's painfully boring. Don't tune in for that. I make the mistake of watching that every year, and there's just nothing going on. Just <laughs> show up when people start talking about the matches on Twitter. Don't miss the Oka match. But yeah, so as far as the Wrestle Kingdom card goes, of course it starts off with the Rambo. Here's the names that we know. Yoshitatsu, 
Bone Soldier. And let me tell you, Rich, they're going to go at each other like Rick Martel and Tito Santos. <laughs> I can't okay. wait till I can't wait till Yoshitatsu's number is called. He just sprints out there, knowing he's only got one more month until he's shipped away to CMLL. So he can know he's got one more month to get his revenge on the Bone Soldier. And he's so just gonna go happen. right after Bone Soldier, like Tito Santana going after Rick Martel. You know it's gonna happen. Uh, Manabu Nakanishi, Hiroshi Tenzan, Yuji Nagata, Ryusuke Taguchi, Jushin Liger, and Tiger Mask. That's only what about eight names or something. Yeah, isn't Scott Norton? Do we know that Scott Norton is for sure? Scott Norton was telling people that he was booked for New Japan and a few months ago. So we're all just kind of assuming that he's going to show up in the Rambo. It makes sense. Remember when Billy Gunn sort of spilled the beans, like in August, he was telling people he was booked for New Japan. New Japan doesn't want people doing that. You know what I mean? But like, so we kind of assumed, all right, Billy Gunn's probably coming in for World Tag League. Kind of the same deal here. Scott Norton months ago was tweeting out that he's coming into New Japan. And, you know, obviously New you can put two and two together. Yeah, he's not getting another run with the you know the, the never open weight title. He's he's probably just coming in for the Rambo. As Rambo-y. much yeah, as some weirdos would probably like that, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, Scott Norton will not be a regular. He's probably doing the Rambo, and you're probably going to see your Kabukis and your Saitos and your uh, uh, Koshinakas and and your usual suspects that they bring in for this thing. Fujiwara, um, the whole gang, maybe some young boys. Sometimes we don't get a uh, strong machine anymore, though, right? Super strong machine has not wrestled. He's kind of done, in right? Long time. The last two years, he has not had a match. He did have a couple matches, I think, in uh, early 2004, but he has not made any appearances since then. Um, so I would like to see him, though. I think he, if these other old dudes can rum- get out there for the Rambo, I don't see why Super Strong Machine can. I want, I want Strong Man out there, too. He's 60. He just turned 60. Yeah. Uh, super Strong Machine. Yeah, his la- he had f- uh, five matches in 2014. His last match was in April of 2014. So, um, yeah, he hasn't been, been around since then. His last singles match was uh, 2012. So, yeah. Well, now, geez. Strongman, he wrestled the New Zealand show. So Did he? I did not know he was on there. So was Haku. I know Haku. I know the, the King Haku, you mean. King yeah, Haku. he teamed with his sons. But Strongman worked that show, too. And I think the connection was, um, oh, shit. What does John Walters call himself now? R.J. Brewer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because R.J. Brewer... And that's the former John Walters, the former Ring of Honor pure champion. And if you remember, Rich, he worked a squash match for WWE while he was pure champion, which is why he got fired from Ring of Honor in like 2004 or whatever it was. Because Gabe's policy was, you guys can work squash matches for WWE, but not if you're a champion. And he did it as pure champion and then got canned. That effectively ended his career. Because he does, he's done nothing since that. Like, he was a ghost. Yeah, he was a ghost after that. He went to Lucha Libre USA as the lead heel as R.J. Brewer. Um, but that promotion didn't make it. And now he's like a mega heel in Australia. And and that's how he ended up working that New Zealand show. And and as R.J. Brewer. Uh, so, that, you know, that's what he's been up to. But I know that him... I think he's buddies with Strongman because Strongman was a Lucha Libre USA guy too. So I think that was the connection there, uh, plus the New Japan. So there's a you. Bottom line, you might see Strongman here. That's a possibility, you know. You know, so who knows? But you never know who's going to show up for the Rambo. You got a little lesson on uh, on John Walters there that 
Nobody, that nobody asked no for. No one it. asked for it. <laughs> Literally, nobody asked for I it. I bet you some people learned something. Well, listen, yeah. last week we taught you about the origins of Balls Mahoney. This week we teach you about why John Walters got fired from Ring of Honor. But uh, yes, yeah, so you never know who's going to. Look, the Rambos have been fun. Okay, the first year Yuji Nagata won, and they parlayed that into a title shot. Last year, Jado was the surprise winner. They did not parlay that into a title shot, thankfully. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, they can go in a couple different directions here. And there's a couple prominent names who aren't booked for the show who might pop up. Will Michael Elgin be in the Rambo? And if he is, I mean, you would think he would win, right? I mean, you're not going to put out. Oh, certainly. Of the names we mentioned already. Yeah, I mean, you got Nagata, who's a guy, but he's previously won it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Elgin's a guy that, yeah, if he comes into that, he's you pretty much have to safely assume that, that he's going to win. Yeah, and that's that's the thing to remember about the, the, the Rumble is that a lot of people kind of, last year was very fun, and it was kind of a, but the first year that they had it, it was funny, but to a point, and then Nagata won it, and he kind of took it serious in the sense that he, he thought it was, you know, he thought that he was better than that. Right. But that he used that as sort of motivation then to say, okay, I won this thing now. Now I get a title shot. Now I can parlay that into a shot against Nakamura, correct? It, it, yeah. I think he won that. Did he, he didn't win the IC title that time, did he? No, he just, it, he was just... a, it was New Beginning, and I believe Nagata, and it was a boring match. Yeah, but... yeah, it was not very good. But but that was – so we always kind of remember this. Last year was very funny. Last year was very much an over-the-top kind of hilarious, aha, Jado won or whatever. But they can use this thing effectively if they really want to. Right. If Michael Allen comes in there and cleans house and wins it, like that's something you can use. You, you know, like it doesn't have to just be a joke. It doesn't just have to be great Kabuki and cheeseburger, you know, playing around with each other. I, I it should be some of that. It should in the early Absolutely. portions be some of that. But don't 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 mistake that the guy who wins it, it, it it's it, it means nothing. It could mean a lot if they choose to make it, it mean. Could something. they meant it means like you said they did a storyline the first year, um, but yeah, I mean there's a, I mean you know Bobby Fish isn't on this show. Maybe he's booked for for New Year Dash, and if he is, he'll be there on the four. Maybe he pops up in this match. You never know. I mean, anyone could pop up in this thing. It just depends how they want to treat it. But if Elgin is in it, you have to expect – look, he's a main eventer. I mean, you're not going to put a main eventer in that match and have them lose. I mean, you would think that he'd win it. Um, and then the main card starts, and the opener is Tiger Mask W and Tiger the Dark, who, as of last week, I talked to some people, and it was still ACH. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, I mean, there's always – you know, who knows? But – um, as it stands now, this is Kota Ibushi versus ACH, which sounds pretty incredible. I mean, you know, I, you know, of course they're both working gimmicks, but if you recall the first Tiger Mask W match, he did all of his Kota Ibushi spots. It's not like, you know, he didn't hide the fact that he was Kota Ibushi. And, um, you know, we'll see how ACH works the Tiger of the Dark gimmick. I don't know what to make of this because I don't know how much time they're going to get. I don't know how gimmicky it's going to be. The variance is incredible with this match. It, it could be so incredibly awesome or it could be so disappointing. <laughs> There's like an insane variance of this. I have no like I don't feel like it's going to be anything in between. It's either going to be really awesome and surprise us all or it's going to be really disappointing. We're all going to go, oh, man, Kota Bushi and ACH and that's all they did. Like I, I feel like there's just no middle ground with this match whatsoever. Kota Bushi is always like a wild card because the man is, you know, insane. And you could get, you know, if it is ACH, he could be super motivated because he might want to get a job. You know, he might want a job here. Um, and we, you know, the, 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 he might not have anything guaranteed past this. I don't know the answer to that. And he might go out there and really try to kill himself in the five or six minutes that they get, yeah. you know. And, or they might get longer than that. I mean, you know, that cartoon's a pretty big deal for them. 
No, it's a huge deal. Yeah, that's the thing. We kind of look at it as kind of a throwaway match, but it, it could be a very big deal for them. I mean, it, it you know, I forgot how long that first one went. It wasn't very long, but Seven I can see this going. Or something. Yeah, I can see this going way longer than that one. I, I think um, there will be a comfort level, of course, with Tiger Mask um, and Kotobushi, you know, in that mask because it was such a, just a gigantic mask for his head uh, before. But, you know, Dave mentioned that in the Observer that he had a lot of trouble with it. I don't know that he really necessarily did. I think that it was just sort of kind of a, a showcase match to figure out. I think Kota was fine in the mask. I don't know if that really affected him all that much. I just think it wasn't really a match that they were looking to go and, and do incredible stuff with. I think Juice was just there to kind of, uh, you know, work a very basic sort of match. And, and Kota was just there kind of feeling out the, the character or whatever. But if it's Kota again and it's ACH again, like, I don't see any reason why that should be like the slow, you know, feeling out process. I, I feel like they're going to go balls to the wall or, or, you know, it is a slow. And then that's really disappointing if it is. But I hope they go balls to the wall. I, I really I think that'd be just a great way to start. The show and, and like you said, it's not, the Tiger Mask is a big deal, so they're going to want that. You know, they don't want it to be a bad. It's not going to be like heat. You know, they don't want you know uh, a bad gimmick attached to something that they really care about. They want this to be a big deal, so I'm sure they're telling Coda, "Hey, you know, go out there and, and, and kill it. Like, just do whatever you can because you know you being awesome and you being incredible makes the the cartoon and makes the anime that much better." So yeah, he was tugging on the mask a little, but I I, I mean he did his uh you know he did the the the, the moon salt to the outside, the triangle moon yeah, salt or did, whatever. Yeah, he did that just fine. So he did all of his spots he was there was no pretense here that it wasn't him i mean he he, he doesn't even you know didn't even try to hide it but uh then we've got the iwgp junior heavyweight uh tag team title rapongi vice they teased breaking up if you recall all through the fall and then didn't which was kind of refreshing actually that you know they 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 foreshadowed all that and then they just kind of they ended up winning uh the little junior um tag title deal and and not breaking up and what do you hey, look at this, Rich? We just have a two-on-two match. We got the Young Bucks defending the titles against Rapongi Vice, and this match is the first in a long string of bouts where we follow this company as intently as anyone and have a pretty good feel for Gato's booking. And all of these match, these title matches are all unpredictable to me. I have no idea who's winning any of these title matches. I, I, you could legitimately make a case for any of the challengers any of the champions in these title matches, which makes yeah. this show that much more compelling. I don't know where you stand. I come into this particular match with no cl- I think this is a coin flip match. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you get that with a lot of the junior titles too. But what's interesting is we go back in the background, you look at the history of the Young Bucks and this current run that they're on uh, with the tag titles. They are on a longer run than any other team has been in years in terms of successful defenses with this title. And that, that's an important thing. Like, it's not something that happens very often, especially with that title and, and especially with the Young Bucks. We've seen them just kind of win the titles, lose them, win the titles, lose them. And that's been kind of the theme of this title for so many years. The Bucks, this current run they've been on, they've defended it quite, uh, you know, a few times now. It'll be interesting to see. Is this something they really want to establish the Young Bucks as, okay, these, these are the aces of you know, the junior tag division. These guys are, are the best, um, especially if you know, a main event result goes a certain way. And we'll talk about that. You might want you know, all these guys to have the gold, and that be a pretty cool thing. But then you have the other side, the Rapongi Vice. That's a really cool story, too, of them you know, being on the brink of falling apart and then coming together with the momentum to win the junior tagling and then you know, parlaying that into winning at Wrestle Kingdom. That could be a big moment for that team as well to kind of establish them um, as a real player. So I don't know. I, I could really see it going either way. And I don't know that I have a really good prediction. I don't know that any prediction, like you said, makes more sense than the other. I think if you argued, if I argued Rapongi Vice and you argued the Bucks, I think we'd both in the end just say, yeah, you're probably right. You know, I, I don't know that there's any, you know, clear indication of what direction they're going. This is their third defense. And I think we, uh, a few months ago, we talked about it. Um, you have to go back to like 2012 
And like, yeah, it was like what it wasn't it something like Alex Shelley? Or, it was I think it was Shelley and Kushida. Time like splitters that, you know, to, to find it three yeah. successful defenses or something like that. Uh, they defended against Motor City Machine Guns at the Super J Cup. Remember that was a really good match. Yeah, it was. And then they defended against Finley and Ricochet at King of Pro Wrestling um, after the Seidel arrest. So. Uh, yeah, they vacation. You mean vacation in Hawaii is what you meant. To I say. mean, I, you know, we're, we don't have to kayfabe that one anymore. That was, you know, <laughs> um, every... it was pretty funny watching those suits, knowing what we knew. And then it's him being like, yep, just in Hawaii hanging out. It's like, oh boy. Yeah. Like, even like checked in at some like Honolulu airport or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Quote unquote, he, he checked in. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh boy. Um, like... You know, but, um, you know, the Young Bucks uh... currently hold four sets of tag team titles. <laughs> can, can you name them? Oh man! You should be able to name um, two pretty easily. Well, three of them you should be able to name pretty easily. I'm trying to think. Well, I'm I'm racking my brain for the other PWG. Do, yeah, do they have PWG, tax straps? Yeah. Okay, they have they have and Ring of Honor, right? And the IWGP Junior. IWGP. Who is the fourth? You Good can get God! The fourth, I'll tell you. Um, man, I'll tell you fourth. what. If you can guess the fourth, I will send you a brand new Noah DVD that I that I, that I bought at a Ring of Honor show ten years ago and happened. <laughs> I haven't opened. Oh, wow! It's the uh, great. I haven't opened it yet. It's the April twenty seventh, two thousand eight Nippon Budokan show. Okay. Global Tag League. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and there's a Mitsuhara Masawa versus Takeshi Morishima GH okay. match right. on here, right. along with a bunch of uh, Global Tag League action. I've I it's it's got a twenty five dollar price. I can I can hear the. Yeah, are you, are you wrinkling it right listen, now? Listen, yeah. I can listen, hear. listen. <laughs> Why is it next to you? Well, I've got I'm on, it's on the desk that I'm recording from right now. I have okay. all these DVDs on here that I was going through. I haven't opened it. I've had this for like ten years. Well, well I guess eight years. The April twenty seventh Budokan Hall show. Um, man, there's some names on here: Bison Smith, uh, Tamon Honda, Takuma Sano. Well, hey, look, look at this, D'Lo Brown. Look at this match. Look at the opener, Rich. Check out this opener. Akira Tawe, Kotero Suzuki, and Ricky Marvin take on Ooh. D'Lo Brown, Buchanan, and Bobby Fish. Oh, I'm into that. Hell yeah. How about that? Yeah, this is this is some wild action here. But uh, if you can... Reminds me of that Fire Pro. The first time I played Fire Pro, I, I went back and, and I renamed everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I, I spent like two days just nonstop. Buchanan's in the game. Yeah, yeah, and the first match I did was, like, Bull Buchanan versus, like, Misawa, and Buchanan beat him. I was Misawa, and I was like, I better just pick somebody terrible just so I can beat him or whatever, and Buchanan beat Misawa, and I was just like, oh, man. Fire Pro is uh, a steep learning curve. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I if you can name this fourth set of tag team. Man. Um, $25 I'm trying to think of... value, Rich. I will send you this Noah DVD unopened straight from the Ring of Honor merch table in Edison, New Jersey. How about that? I don't. I'm. I can't even. I don't know if I can give a really good guess. Is it like? Oh man, I'm never gonna get it right, even if I try. No, I've never even heard of this company. I have another unopened DVD. This one's actually awesome. It's the Ring of Honor Tokyo Summit. This was a great show. Oh, that's a really good show. And this is unopened as well. So yeah. Is it like? It's not House of Glory, is it? It is SCW. They've titles oh, for nine hundred. Hell is SCW? Squared Circle. Squared Circle Wrestling. They've held these titles for nine hundred and two days. <laughs> How many times have they defended these titles? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. They beat Arrowform, Flip Kendrick, oh. and uh, Lewis Linden. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, they've never defended these titles. Well. <laughs> so I, I, this promotion might be dust. Um, but yeah, so technically they hold uh, four sets of tag team titles. I don't, I don't know. I'm thinking it might be three, though, at this point. Um, 
So you don't think they still carry them around their bags just in case, you know, the fall comes? They, so. they actually might. Yeah, knowing them, they they want to have as many titles just about like they're they're the type of guys that would love to have just like you know twelve sets of them and like every every stupid promotions you know tag titles and just bring them out every single time and and you know make a show of it. So walking around like Ultimo Dragon with uh, yeah. you know nineteen titles. Went back and watched one of that match too, uh, Ultimo and because um, there's a few of those. There's a lot you go through like ninety four to like ninety seven. There's a ton of really good Liger and and Ultimo and and those the, the junior matches on a lot of those Wrestle Kingdom mans. I mean, you, everybody goes to kind of the main events right away. Those junior matches are pretty awesome a lot of those yeah there's a uh el generico versus taiji ishimori match on this roh hmm. tokyo summit that's uh that's a tasty looking match you might not you might have ripped that shrink wrap and get going yeah. open this one up let me tell you look at this <laughs> bo- look bonus match genba and kotero suzuki versus tetsuya naito and yujiro wow a little glimpse into the future there a little uh interpromotional action too right yeah. you got no limit taking on a, a noah team Interesting in a bonus match. I gotta open this. I might. Why the hell was not... Why were they there? No idea. It says bonus yeah. match. <laughs> I don't know what show it's from. It's not from this show because it says bonus match. I guess that yeah. at the end of the DVD. Uh, I, oh. I I don't know. That's the match they chose. They had like, you know, what? presumably the wealth of, of matches they could choose from, and they chose that one. So I never opened this because the main event is Nigel versus Jimmy Jacobs. So I think that's what. Yeah. But but now I watched <laughs> like the key matches from this show like on YouTube. But even though I had the DVD, I, it's just I don't know. It's bizarre. Um, all right, what do we got next? We got the uh, ne- Never Gauntlet, right? Isn't that the uh, next? Uh, that is the next one. Yep. Yeah. So we've got we discussed the change. So it's Finley, Ricochet, and Kojima. I really hope they retain because they've been excellent champions. They have the shocking chemistry between Kojima and Ricochet. The ultimate, what do they talk about team, too? Oh, absolutely. All three of them. I mean, they just... Like, none of them have anything in common. No, I... Not, not even... No, Finley and Ricochet have nothing in common. Ricochet and Kojima have nothing in common. And I know for a fucking fact, Finley and Kojima. What in God's name could Finley and Kojima ever have I'll tell you what they about? talk about. Cigarettes? I'm going to tell you exactly. The heated feud between Jojo Lee and Fit Finley in Germany when Kojima was a young boy on his excursion. Those okay, two, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Those two men had a hell of a feud. So he feuded with the old man. So that's probably what they talk about. Okay. For sure, Kojima had won like multiple tag titles in Japan by the time Finley was born, which is great. Like, I remember I looked it up, I think, for the ebook, and it was some ridiculous figure of like what Kojima was doing in his career when Finley was born. It's, it's pretty startling. So, so uh, we've got three other teams, and I don't know how this is going to work. We've never seen this kind of gauntlet match in New Japan before, but the Bullet Club team is Bad Luck Fale, Hangman Page, getting on the Dome show, Yujiro. The Chaos team, uh, we talked about a little bit previously. Jado replaces Ishii, unfortunately, and uh, and teams with Willow Spray and Yoshihashi. And then the Los Ingobernobles Japan team is Bushi, Evil, and Sonata. I think we all expect Bushi, Evil, and Sonata to come out of here with the titles. It's a lot easier now because I remember when we talked about a few – we had this, you know, the Chaos with Ishii. You know, that's a possibility. Now there's – I don't think there's any other option besides it's either going to be Finley, Ricochet, and, and Kojima retaining, which I put pretty low. I, I'd probably put about 75% odds that, that, that Ngobernables win. But, you know, who knows? They could surprise you. But I just don't see either the Bullet Club or the Chaos team having any chance whatsoever of winning that. These never things, though, they never go the way you think they're going to. So who knows? I mean, I I really think any of the teams. Jado Jado could get the pinfall, and you know he's he's got uh, he's got some extra time on his hands these days, so uh, he could he could potentially come back. You know, he's got less on the plate than he had a few months ago. So. You know, Jado has had a good kayfabe year. He won the Rambo last year, 
And uh, he also had a long run as the GHC Junior Tag Team Champions with no, he didn't with uh, with Gato. So uh, yeah, no, oh, that's he right. did. Okay. He did. He did. All right. All right. He did. You you were going somewhere, but you were yeah. Sorry, Never mind. incorrect there. Uh, you know, Kojima's had a good kayfabe year too. First of all, Tenkoji never loses. It's, never ever. They went yeah. like twenty six and three or something for the year. Um, he won the all three of those were big matches too. Every single one was a title match that they lost, but he 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 won these open weight six man titles twice technically. Okay, because remember they won the titles with Seidel, vacated them, and then won them again with Finley. So he's a two time never open weight six man tag team champion. He had a never title shot against Shibata earlier in the year. Kojima's had a nice little year here for a veteran wrestler. Okay, and he's delivered two in the matches. So. I don't know. This can go in any direction. I have no idea who's going to win this. You would think LIJ would be the favorites, but you never know with that title. Um, And we don't know how the match is going to work. I mean, they're calling it a gauntlet match. I'm assuming we're going to start with two teams, and, you know, each time a team is eliminated, a new team will come down. But are they going to, like, walk down that long-ass ramp? I mean, is there going to be nine, like, you know, nine minutes between eliminated? Yeah, I have no idea. Or are idea. they going to be Dave waiting around ringside? I mean, Yeah, Dave had an explanation in The Observer this week, and it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, so I don't know that that's necessarily what it was going to be. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of confused how it's going to work either, but I kind of like that. I actually don't want to know how it works. I want to, I want to be surprised to see if these guys are just ringside, if they're ready, or like you said, because you get a pinfall and then you look to the ramp and it's going to take like, you know, unless they got the, uh, the WrestleMania three cart going, it's going to take about 10 uh, minutes. That'll take, you that'll know. take even longer. Yeah, especially with Kojima. Like, he's not going to be racing down there real quick. So, like, that could be, uh, like, if it, even if it's Folly. Imagine if it's Folly and, and, and Yujiro and Page or whatever. Yeah. Hell, Yujiro will take 20 minutes to get down to the ring. So that'll be uh, that'll be a little interesting to see. I, I'd have to imagine they have to be ringside, but uh, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, hopefully. Because that changes the complexion of a gauntlet, though. If they're ringside, that's a whole different thing. Like, a gauntlet match where you can wait five minutes between, you know, that that's a whole different animal. I, I, it would just kill the momentum. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious how it's going to work. But... You figure at some point in this match, they have to give us a ricochet willow spray extended sequence, right? They have to have at least 90 seconds in the ring alone, right? I mean, they have to do that. I don't think they're stupid enough to not do that. Yeah, they, they, yeah, it has to happen. And I, look, again, um, I said this on Twitter uh, last night. I, I, I really think they dropped the ball, and they should have done a ricochet willow spray match on this show. Um, reason being, and I did get sussed by Dave Meltzer, who uh, quote tweeted me and shamed me for <laughs> suggesting it. Uh, D- Dave's theory is um, don't do the match now on a show where you don't really need it. Build it up a little bit. Wait for one of them to be a, maybe a champion and then do it then. And maybe you can even headline a show with it or do a semi-main event with that. I can understand that argument. My whole thing is this is Wrestle Kingdom. You've got 40,000, 50,000 seats potentially that you can sell. I, my theory is put your best foot forward and stack this card as much as you can. Yeah, get as many eyes. You're getting eyes from across the world. Exactly. You're getting, as you said, the 50,000 eyes or the 40,000 or whatever eyes in that arena right there. And a lot of them, you know, if people are, are doing walk-ups or maybe there's, there's, thing, there's some not, comp not, tickets not, here not, and there. It could be new people. Can I, yeah, can that, I be clear that, before people get mad at us? I'm not suggesting they're going to sell 50,000 tickets to this show. Right, because it's already been tweeted out. What, that, what, you what know, I'm you, saying is that's how many seats are – look, you have a, the point is there's a lot of seats to fill. So, yeah. To me, you stack the card as much as you can. I don't leave anything on the table for this show. And the other factor is, this is a hot worldwide... Look at all the attention the OTT match got for... Absolutely, yeah. And it's like, this would be like the sixth time this year that they wrestled, the second time in this company. They had a legendary match at Best of Super Juniors, which to me is going to go down as the most famous match in Best of Super Juniors history. I know people get mad when I say that, but I mean, it just... just, I, I really believe it is. And... 
to me, this is a buzzworthy match. To put it on this show, I think they would have squeezed some extra New Japan World subs out of it. And maybe not even live, but if those two guys went out there and killed it the way that they always do together, and the way that they supposedly did in, in Ireland, I haven't seen the match yet, but supposedly it's the best match they've had yet. If they did that on this stage at Wrestle Kingdom and had another super buzzworthy match, you're going to get people buying New Japan World to watch the replay. I think it was a poor business decision not to do this match. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, neither one of them's a champion. What's wrong with just doing a junior match? When's the last time we had a junior match that wasn't for a title? Why can't you do that? What's the problem with that? And then you could have the winner hold that win in their back pocket and use that to challenge either later in the night, the winner. Right. It doesn't mean they can't face each other again sometime, you know, down the line. Why does it mean that, you know, I mean, like, let's say Osprey wins the match, right? He doesn't even necessarily have to challenge Kushida later on. He could challenge Kushida after New Beginning or whatever and say, hey, look, I beat Ricochet at Wrestle King. See what I'm saying, Rich? You could still use that match for story. I don't know. I would have done this. I would have had Finley, Ricochet, and Kojima drop the six-man titles at Cork and Hall last week on one of those two shows to free up Ricochet. I would have done Ricochet-Ospreay singles match on this show. How do you feel about that? No, I, I, I'm 100% agree with you, too, because I think there, there's a few different aspects that you brought up there. I think best foot forward, again, like, this is the biggest show of your year. You got all eyes on your product. This is a big deal. You're advertising it everywhere. You got a lot of new people that are coming to watch, you know, live. A lot of new people jumping in on New Japan World. And think about it, too. I mean, you, you talked about the buzz with just the OTT one. The buzz, again, with the best of the Super Juniors one. Where, that was the talk of the wrestling world. Not, not even our bubble. All of the wrestling world was talking about that match. The idea that these guys can go out there and kill it on that big stage in front of that huge audience in the Tokyo Dome, in the biggest show of the year or whatever, and if they have an incredible match, if they kill it, like you said, that's another. That's, there's more buzz going on there. That, the buzz factor is just off the charts for something like that. And yeah, like you said, there might not be a ton of people that maybe buy it because that match is on the show, but if it's incredible and they see all the gifts and they see everybody reacting to it, there might be a lot of people that go, oh, hell, you know, I'll pay for a month in New Japan World to check this out. And maybe they get hooked. I mean, that's, you're trying to get a lot of the casual fans. You're trying to get a lot of the fans that don't regularly watch your product. And that is a matchup that, that, that broke a lot. I mean, I had, for every one of my fan friends, whether casual, whatever they were, asked me about that match. They knew about it, even if they didn't know about it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I saw this gift. Who were those people? Where did that come from? What is this? I got that for that show, and I would absolutely think you would get that again if you did it here. My other reason I was going to bring up as well is we're now, you know, we're approaching what would be year two of Will Ospreay now. This is it. He's got a two-year contract, remember? Yeah. Now, you know, we know the first year was kind of a we, you know, a feeling out process. I don't want this to be like Dorada, you know, where Mascara Dorada was there and two years were up and it was like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. OK, bye. And it was just like, oh, well, Jesus Christ, that guy's awesome. And you never used him. I think they understand what they have in Will Ospreay more. But now you can go. I mean, this is the second year now. We kind of said it was, you know, you had that one year to kind of jack around a little bit and figure out what you need. I don't think there's any time to jack around with this guy. This guy's a superstar. Use him. You know, utilize him to the fullest ability now. I mean, don't have him just be a part of your. I mean, this guy is going to bring eyes to your product. He's going to, you know, create buzz, and he's going to put together really great. I mean, this you got this guy for a year. He's on your property. Go do something yeah, with him, they, you know? It's now or never to push him now. Because aside, aside from winning best of Super Juniors, he did nothing in his comp. No, absolutely nothing. Yeah, we, we, have, uh, we have an article in our uh, ebook as well that talks about it. And I know the profile on him uh, talks about it as well. It is shocking how little that guy did after the best of Super Juniors. Asi- yeah, aside from it. Like, before, he lost all his matches before, and then he lost all his matches after. They didn't push him. Uh, aside from, but but the Super Junior win meant something, and it planted some seeds for this year. But it's now or never. I would have done the match here. And like you said, you could do a third one later and make it a big deal. 
at the rubber match. You know what I mean? It's you know you could do the rubber match down the line, but uh, but it is what it is. They'll be here, and hopefully they they allow them to face off and maybe tease something, and um, you know. But see, I have I have a feeling Kushida and Hiromu are gonna have a long feud over the junior titles. So then mm-hmm. where does those spray fit in? You know, and it's like I don't necessarily need them to be in the title mix, but I would just have a match. You just want them to I, have, it, a, you know, they could have their own little micro feud there exactly. where they're just trying it's, to figure out who's the best high flyer or whatever. They can, ricochet you know. all year long. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> no, I think that's okay. Because Ricochet is a guy too that's always on borrowed time. You know, yes. we always talk about him. He's a guy that, and, and if we do get to the Lucha Underground thing, there are guys, and I think it, it's strongly hinted in the Observer today, that there are, are certain wrestlers in Lucha Underground that are not very happy with you know how Lucha Underground is going, and, and top guys in there that aren't really liking his contracts that they signed to, that are basically have him as, as servants to the company until they're ready to you know get these seasons going. Ricochet is a guy who could find a way out of it, slip out of that, and then you maybe don't have him. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy that that you don't also have forever. He's not just a guy that, that that's you know he's loyal to New Japan to an extent, but you know, you got these two guys right now and you have them presumably under contracts for right now. Do go do something with this, those. See, like they're... this is contract season right now, but this is not the interesting one because if you remember last year, New Japan got shook. They got shook and they signed everyone to two-year deals. Yeah. Next year is the big con- next year is going to be a very interesting contract season. You got Osprey, you got Elgin, you got um, all the guys they re-signed, Fale, Tamatanga, Rocky Romero, all those guys signed two-year deals, and all the guys they brought in signed two-year deals. Next December is the, in- is the real interesting one, and, and, and by next December, the landscape is going to be so different than what we're talking about now. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I tweeted it out last week, and I've told people on the show with the WWE UK thing and New Japan coming to the United States, I'm telling you guys, and I cannot stress this enough. 2016 was this, oh, this amazing year where everybody worked together and wrestling was so surreal in 2017 is going to be a fucking bloodbath. I I promise you, people, heed my warning. Rich, am I I exaggerating here? Uh, No. (laughs) Everything we've been hearing so far, yeah, it's going to be a very cutthroat year. You're seeing it happen in in the UK already with with these questionable WWE contracts. Uh, New Japan's coming here next. It, 2017 is the where the battle lines are going to be drawn. Flow Sports is in the game now. 2017 is going to be a fucking bloodbath. Things are going to get real interesting, and things are going to get real dirty. And next year's contract season is going to be real, and because all these companies are going to be in much different places than they're in than they're in today, especially New Japan. There's so many things cooking with New Japan. Uh, but anyway, next match up here, we got Cody and Juice Robinson. So here's the thing. I mean, this is the most predictable match on the card other than Tiger Mask W, who's obviously winning. Cody's not losing to Juice Robinson. This is the perfect opponent for Cody, though. Juice is going to make him look good. I, I, you know what? Good for Juice Robinson getting himself on the Dome card. It probably took a Michael Elgin injury to get him there. Doesn't matter. He found his way on the card. I like this match better than I would like Cody and Elgin. So I I agree, and that and that's nothing. That's not a slight on Elgin. I love Elgin, but I just I, I I think the dynamic of a Juice, and we talked about it a few weeks ago. The dynamic of a Juice over an Elgin in, in a in a match that we know what the purpose of this match is going to be. With Elgin, that doesn't really work all that well. With Juice, it works perfect. You want to get Cody over. You want this guy to be the American Nightmare. You want to make this guy a big deal. There's no better wrestler in the world than Juice Robinson to do that. Yeah, I mean, he's arguably the best enhancement guy around. You know, he's going to work hard. He's going to make people look good. He's going to be excited to be on this show. 
I mean, this is going to be a big deal for him, you know? Yeah, well, he talked it's, about that, too. Uh, there was the translation of Chris Charlton. He said that it was him and all the young Lions uh, were kind of sitting ringside, uh, you know, because they weren't on the Wrestle Kingdom card last year. And I, I forgot who it was, but someone said, you know, next year we'll be on that stage. And, and Drew said, I, I didn't believe I would be, you know, in a singles match on that stage. Like, to me, it's surreal. Yeah, so this is a big opportunity for him. Uh, you know, the previous match, too, you know, David Finley is working a Wrestle Kingdom uh, for the first time. Uh, so good for him, too. These guys have earned it. They work hard. They're good workers. They, you know, and whatever circumstances got them there, whether it was Matt Seidel getting arrested, whether it was Michael Elgin getting injured, next man up, right? And and here they are working the biggest show of the year. And look, this is going to be a seven or eight minute match. Cody's going over. Um, I know nobody wanted to see, look, I again, I see this as a relief. I thought Cody was going to be in a big time match. I thought he was going to be facing Shibata. Um, or, 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 you know, in one of the, I, I feel relieved that he's only in the third match on the card. So it doesn't really bother me that he's on the show. Um, he's also booked for ring of honor the same week as new beginning. So he probably won't be, well, he definitely won't be on the first new beginning show. Cause it's the next day. He could be on the second new beginning show. So I don't even know if they have big plans moving forward with Cody. Uh, Dave Meltzer alluded to it, and he doesn't seem to think that this is anything more than the one-off. Yeah, it could just be a trial run, too. They might want to see, you know, he goes out there and he stinks up the joint. And they go, okay, yeah, nice, thanks, buddy. Or, you know, if he does really well, then they could say, okay, now we'll, you know, we'll have some ideas later for you. I, I don't think that there is any grand. Yeah, like you said, the, the, the fear that we had is that he would waltz in there and get, you know, Shibata <laughs> for a never title or whatever. And that's terrible. Nobody wants that. I don't think anybody really wants that. This is perfect for him. It is a, absolutely just a trial run. He's against the best guy to have a sort of a trial run showcase match with. And if he kills it, good for him. He kills it. And then New Japan brings it back or whatever. If he's just a dud and they go, okay, no, you know, love loss, or you know, there might not be another thing. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for this. I hope it's good. I really don't have any, you know, grand expectations for it because you don't know what kind of performance Cody's going to give you. But I just can't see him going out there and 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 stinking up the deck. He knows it's an important too. thing. He'll be motivated. Yeah, again, yeah. He, 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 look, and he's, this he's, is, look yeah. he's a wrestling nerd. I think we he's proved that at least. Right. And he watches tape. He knows the trendy places to work. He's just not a super worker. That's not who he is. He's a good worker. And he goes out there, and he has good functional mat. You know, his floor is like slightly below average, and his ceiling is slightly above average. That's what he's always been. That's what he still is. This is a position where it's seven or eight minutes. This can be slightly above average. And um, my gut feeling says he wins this. It sets up a never title match against Shibata, since that was on his stupid checklist. And he probably gets that at either New Beginning or Kazuna Road or whatever the fuck. And then we never see him in New Japan again. Because he's not the kind of guy who's going to anchor himself in a promotion. And New Japan is not going to push somebody who doesn't commit. It's not the way they do business. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, I think he'll get his Shibata match. It's just a matter of when. Um, you know, but this will just be a little seven, eight minute match. I'm not offended by this match like a lot of people. No, it's fine. No, I, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it as well. Be a nice little uh, compact singles match. So, yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Next up, we have a contract on a pole match. <laughs> Which is what it should be. Yeah, unfortunately it is not, but maybe. We don't know. We haven't, uh, they haven't showed up yet, but they, they could. If they want to add another little wrinkle to this, they could. Yeah, this is, uh, this is interesting. So as we record this, the Ring of Honor World Champions contract is up in less than 48 hours. The summer of O'Reilly coming up soon. He will winter no longer be under Ring of Honor contract as of um, one one seventeen, but he'll still be the champion. Uh, um. 
Adam Cole's contract is up in April or something like that. It's it's not he doesn't have a January deal. His is up in like April or May, something somewhere in the spring. So no matter what happens here, we're going to have a lame duck Ring of Honor world champion. We also have a lame duck Ring of Honor world title match <laughs> firmly planted in the mid card of this New Japan show as New Japan just continues to abuse the relationship. Um, so look, again, I, I, this is hard to call because on one hand, the champion will not be under contract when the match takes place, but it's not like the other guy is, you know, long for the company either. Um, you know, I expect both of them to ultimately leave Ring of Honor. That's not based on inside information. That's just based on my personal speculation. Yeah, just got yeah. Um, certain things I've heard from certain people uh, when it comes to O'Reilly maybe factoring into that. But I heard something conflicting today when it concerns O'Reilly. So um, I don't know. My gut says that they're both going to move on though from Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, I feel like my my gut again. Again, no inside information. Cole, I think as good as gone. You know, when April comes. O'Reilly, I have a tough read on. I, I'm never quite sure with him. Um, and I don't know that necessarily he would go back to ring. I, like, I'm not saying he would waltz into WWE either. I, I don't know. He could be a guy that could, you know, sign full-time with New Japan. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't quite know what it, you exactly get with O'Reilly. I think he's a little bit more of a while. Cole, I think, is as good as gone. I think when April comes, uh, the time is right for him to go to WWE. And I, th- I think he knows that. And I think that's where he's going. But, yeah, it's uh, a really interesting match. And I said that, that one of my most anticipated matches of the entire show because the ramifications of it, of like, okay, if, if, if O'Reilly loses – you could pretty much go, okay, well, that's the end of Kyle O'Reilly and Ring of Honor, right? Like, that's going to be a done deal. And then if Cole, you know, uh, loses, then it's like, oh, okay, well, then O'Reilly signed and, you know, and Cole's, you know, not coming back. I don't, there's just so many different kind of business ramifications for people that are kind of into that <coughs> uh, into that aspect. God damn, I'm coughing and choking and dying. Okay. Yeah, and it could be a, de- it could be a decent <coughs> match, too, uh, you know, depending on what kind. Mm-hmm. I think it'll, well, no, be, and it'll be better I, than I the Jay up. Lethal match because Jay Lethal just yeah, didn't work bingo. in this company. A hundred percent. And uh, God, I should probably take a drink here. But um, what I was going to say is when we talked about a sleepy kind of good undercard. This is an match that, that, that I bring up that like, you know, we're not really talking about this match as being anything. This could be really fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like it's Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole for the world title. Like it has a very good chance of being really, really good. And like we just kind of throw it oh, out. It's a mid card match. Oh, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like this. That's how deep that's this card deep, is. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is just a, this is a really good event. This main event in their last big pay per view. I mean, and it's just a throwaway the, middle the, card. You the know, opener of this show is Kota Ibushi versus ACH. <laughs> right, that's and, what and, I mean. And, like, and, I don't think and, we're and, I don't think we're understanding that enough. This, I don't think like, the second match is the Bucks and Rapongi Vice. And are there two wrestlers in the world who go out of their way to steal shows more than the Bucks? I mean, this is a deep fucking show that has the potential to be really good from start to finish. You make an excellent point. I mean, in this this. This is just firmly in the mid card, and it's for the ROH World Title. <laughs> we, keep, we keep forgetting about it. Like I don't even think about it until I see it. And I go, yeah, yeah. Kyle Riley and Adam Cole. Like you know, imagine like whatever insert big time you know Ring of Honor title match in 2006, and, and throw that in the middle of Wrestle Kingdom. That's a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? Like and yeah. and yeah, of course Ring of Honor isn't what it was you know then you know in ring wise, but it's still a very big deal. And and these two guys are, are among their best performers. I don't think if, for people that don't watch Ring of Honor normally, this is a big deal. And this should be a really awesome match, provided Kyle O'Reilly you know has. A contracted and cares or because this could be a train wreck too these guys could both just not you know O'Reilly could just be like oh well I don't really see, give a shit not, see I think they're gonna I don't think he will though he's not that work ethic I guy, think they're gonna so. work hard because no, I, I O'Reilly I, I always works hard this could you this is the biggest match of Adam Cole's career is that fair to say it's a ring of honor world title match he's in front of the biggest crowd he'll ever work yeah, to this point yeah. he's never worked a crowd this big 
if this show does 25,000 fans, I mean, which it'll be around that, I guess, I guess I, 30 would be a big number. 25 would be what people expect under that would be a disappointment. Either way, has he ever worked in front of 20,000 fans? I don't think he has. I would doubt it. Yeah. I'm trying. To he worked, he worked, um, one of those Cebu dome shows, right? Well, he's ring of honor debut, but I'm sorry, his new Japan debut, but I don't think that show did 20,000 fans. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I mean, it, it did, this is the biggest match of Adam Cole's career. Ring of Honor world title match in front of the biggest crowd he'll work in, in the Tokyo Dome on, I don't know, you know, if on what, at worst, the third biggest pro wrestling show of the year, if you want to put it behind Royal Rumble, right? I mean, would you put it ahead of SummerSlam? I would, yeah. If you really want to make that case, then okay, fine, you know, fourth or whatever. But I, I'd put it second or third. Yeah, I, think I mean, I, I would put it, I, I, you know, I'd say second or third. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make an argument between Royal Rumble and Wrestle Kingdom. And I, w- I think Wrestle Kingdom is a bigger show than SummerSlam. But, but it's no worse than for the fourth biggest show in wrestling for the year. I mean, it's like, this is the biggest match of Adam Cole's career. So I, I think he'll be prideful, and I think I think both of them will work. Look, I, yeah. you know, it's like, I think O'Reilly in general works harder. I'm not a big Cole fan. And I just – I don't know. He always leaves me a little empty, but I think he's going to work hard here. Um, the tag team title match we alluded to a little bit. They added the third team. So we got Ishii and Yano, um, Great Bash Heel and the Grills of Destiny, of course, of so the champions coming in. I don't know why you put Ishii and Yano in this match if they don't win. I mean, why else do you do that? Uh, I mean, yeah. is, it, <laughs> yeah. is it that important? Let's break this down, though. Is it that important – to make sure that Toru Yano is on the show. I don't think it is. I think Yano could easily be a Rambo guy. I don't think he's got that status where he has to be on the show. So from that perspective, okay, the Noah thing falls apart. So Yano comes back to the company. They, they're figuring out a way to get him on the card. He's, you can throw him in the Rambo. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there, there's. It's not like you need to find a spot for this guy, and it has to be a tag title match. It's not like this guy's. You know, it's not a top star. It's Walton back. So in my the point is, from that perspective, yeah. he, they, they're winning. They're probably winning. They're winning. Yeah, they're they're definitely winning. So I mean, you know that that that's the way I'm looking at it. Other because if they don't win, I'm going to be even angrier. Because then why did you do this? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm led to believe by uh, reading some of Makabe's comments <laughs> about the match that I don't think – I think the plan was that Makabe and, and, and Hanma might have won uh, before. But uh, he seemed very upset. And this was Chris, Chris Charlton uh, translated some of these uh, tweets here. And, and, and you'll see some – I mean, we'll talk about a, a match here in a little bit where you can tell these guys are obviously doing kind of like storyline stuff. This one, I, I don't know. <laughs> Makabe seems kind of pissed. He goes, uh, the three-way is insane just, to do, just for it to be so freewheeling. It's not something I ever said I'd be okay with. It's hardly listening to the fans. Would they really be claiming? for a title match on the back of such a stupid clowning around you start pulling this crap and then everyone's going to be okay right nothing's off the table and the point of view becomes the tag belts are meaningless because they decide who gets the shot so easily you do this garbage and title matches lose all meaning the tag belts are a stupid prop <laughs> oh aren't a stupid prop sorry it's a completely changes the tag belts aren't a stupid prop and it was we lost those belts to god lost the rematch and went from there and the story was how hanma and i would be shaped by that and get back to challenging form uh god was just borrowing our spot we will take back what's ours and doing it at the dome what could be better of course you think the same result of the sendai would be boring will uh well will drive that nail and deeper at the dome uh tango Rao, that guy is awesome not just power speed blah blah blah, blah whatever the, the rest of it is just kind of you know, kind of hyping he, he it up a little over, bit but. he puts over tango loa yeah. And he puts over Tom, you know, saying how he can't knock him down with his lariats. He does a good job putting over the the. It's interesting. He does a great job and goes out of his way to put over <laughs> God, 
Right. But he completely buried uh, Yano and Ishii. Just the idea of them even getting a title shot. Right. And, 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 and it really does shit on the World Tag League Tour, which, mm-hmm. okay, Western fans hate that tour. None of us pay attention to it. Rich, did you see how it drew this year? It's real. Yeah, real. Every well. time I turned around and opened an Observer, World Tag League Tour, 1,300 fans. World Tag League Tour, 1,200 Because it does a lot of those random cities, too. You'll see, and you'll wonder, like, where the hell is that city? Like, I've never seen that. It's good. It's, like, a really cool thing where they'll go to these random cities and these gymnasiums or whatever that you, they may not they might only run, like, once or twice a year. And, yeah, that's a big deal then. New Japan's coming to town. We don't care what the hell the show but is. But then like, you completely shit on it. Yeah. Because then what was the point of the whole fucking thing? If all Yano has to do is come out and demand the match, and- they've done they've done a bad job of that recently. There's been a, quite a few tournaments now where they've just been like, oh, we remember that uh, a few years ago. Remember, um, what was it? Maybe it was last year where um, someone won. The, didn't they win the junior? I forgot who it was that did what. Like the Bucks just kind of came out and were like, oh yeah, we got a title shot. Yeah, and like, it was, oh, yeah, it yeah. was the junior tag tournament, and it was last year. They Oscar added game, a right? thirteenth. Yes, they added. Where the Bucks just waltzed in and said like, "Well, we got a rematch clause." And they're like, "All and right, then, well, and whatever." A, <laughs> and then another team walked in and said, "Well, we're the former." Ch- I, yeah, it was like two more yeah, teams yeah. jumped. And here's the thing: if it's WWE, you kind of just roll your eyes and it's like, "Well, that's what they do." But this is the kind of shit you have to be careful with in Japan, because you know you don't want to tell your fans that these tournaments don't mean anything because then they won't draw so well the next year. You, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, you take these things a little more seriously because they treat them seriously. If they stop treating them seriously, it's a problem. And it doesn't seem like Makabe is too happy either. Like, like you pointed out. So, and I'm not happy that I think that match took a major hit by making it a three way. Uh, but hopefully it's a lot of fun. And then we're in the business end of the card, Rich. I mean, these next four matches. I mean, last year, I remember we talked about those final three matches last year. Might have It might have been the best three-match stretch. Remember, we had that discussion on the show. Was it the best three-match closing stretch in pay-per-view history or, you know, big show wrestling history? And we talked about that with the potential of two five-star matches to close a show and the never... Uh, match before that, which was like a four and a half star match. This show has four, this could be a four match string of just incredible yeah. matches, starting with this Kushida Hiromu match. Hiromu debuted or redebuted, I should say, on the two Cork and Hall shows last week, and his debuts couldn't have gotten any better aside from his his, his ridiculous state of his gear. His gear looked so low rent and cheap. He looked like he was working. <laughs> A fucking Dove Pro show or look, this isn't fucking heat up. Get yourself some proper gear. Okay. It really annoyed me how shitty he looked wrestling in torn up cut off jeans, sneakers, a t-shirt. Now look, I get he has the punk gimmick and all that. But you can rip that stuff off and wear something, you know, real wrestling. Once, once the bell rings, you want your guy to be, you know, a real wrestler. You know what I mean? Like he can come out and do that. Uh, you, you know, it's like, you know, Sonata wearing the mask or whatever. When the, when the actual match gets going, then he, you know, he looks like a normal wrestler. You want that in New Japan. This That's what you kind of expect. This is yeah. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Get some proper gear. This is not the minor leagues, okay? This is not some shit fucking indie working Shin, uh, Shinjuku face in front of 300 people with Ray Paloma, okay? This is New Japan. Get some proper gear. And I, that, that, it really upset me because he looked – I could tell. <laughs> it, I, I can't stand it, Rich. Like this is not a T-shirt promotion, okay? This is not a barn in Alabama, 
okay? You're not challenging Jimmy Rave in a barn in Alabama. This is New Japan. Get some proper gear. Now you've done it. <laughs> now you've done look it. Look like a professional. Okay? No, it, yeah, Don't it, look like Bone Soldier. Do whatever you can to exactly. not look like Bone Soldier. Yeah, look at Bone Soldier and go, I need to do the opposite of that guy. I mean, you got it's bad enough you got Bone Soldier coming out in track pants and a t-shirt. But at least he's a prelim wrestler. You can live with it. Okay, you're pushing this guy. Get some proper gear. And then I got all fired up. And I reviewed that first show and I buried him for the gear. And then he did a promo after and said, oh, I'm getting new gear for wrestling. <laughs> he trolled you. He got so you. So after all that, I got trolled. Okay. But I was, it ended up justifying my, because a lot of people disagreed with me. Oh, he looks, he looks great. You know, this fits his gear. No, this is a big time promotion. You can't have a guy going out there looking like a yarder. I'm sorry. Not a guy who's going to get pushed to the level he's getting pushed. He had a great look before. Did you like his look before? His uh, look as Kamatache? I enjoyed his look. Uh, I was kind of in between on it. At least he looked professional. Uh, the, fuzz was, the fuzz was a little too much, but... I enjoyed the fuzz. Okay. Well, I enjoyed the, the, the fuzz. I could have done without the fuzz, but... Okay, but at least he looked like a pro. He looked like a pro wrestler. Yeah, this, he looked like Bone Soldier, and that's that's not good. You know, you... Yeah, he looked like a yarder. He looked like a back, you know, like a CZW... Exactly. You know, Cage's exactly. Death 2002 Thank guy. You. And you he looked like that, he yeah. was doing... He was wrestling in the CZW garage against Joe Gacy. And that's... <laughs> This is, like he was going to do a backflip off a cage into 10 tables and break his yeah, neck. Yeah, this is not a CW shit. dojo show. No, this is New Japan Pro Wrestling, okay? You, you don't come out at WrestleMania looking like a yarder, and you don't come out in New Japan looking like a yarder. And that's what he looked like. And it really did upset me, but he's, he's apparently getting new gear. Look, and here's the thing too, Rich. You can do that punk rock look without looking like a yarder. There is a way to pull that off. And at the Corkin shows, he really did look like trash. And it did it, 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 it hurt my enjoyment of his matches, even though he ended up coming off very well anyway. The first night, he looked great. He dominated Kushida, beat him with his new finish. The second night, they brawled into the crowd. That was a hot match, that 10-man tag. They brawled into the crowd and were never seen again. And then uh, the New Japan Army basically squashed the other LIJ guys. That was a great match and a great way to end the year. Um, he's great. I don't think people are really, because again, we're talking about this card and you're talking about this four match run. And I could see some people going, ah, you know, I don't think people understand how great this guy is. Like go watch, this guy's yeah, exactly. Look up, look up what he did in Mexico. Look up what he did earlier. You know, if you got the new Japan world or whatever, go look at what he did in January when he was here. Go, go watch those Corkin shows. Like you're saying, this guy is fantastic. And Kushida is on it, it, one of the best runs he's ever been on. I mean, he is, it, you go back and look at Kushida's year. He's another guy I talked about Okada, you know, a few months back. Kushida's a guy that, like, anytime out there, he delivers. And he delivers big, too. I think people do not appreciate just what a run Kushida's been on these last two years. Anytime there's a big-time match, Kushida delivers. Anytime there's a big-time match, Kamatachi, you know, Takahashi or whatever, he delivers, too. This, people are really underrating how great this match could be. It could be an all-time great junior match. I, I really, I, I don't know why enough people aren't saying that. I feel like, I feel like there's not many people talking about this match. And it, it's incredible. It has the chance to be really, really awesome. Kushida is a second-tier wrestler of the year contender this year. He is, but you'd be why if you said that to somebody, people would roll their eyes. But it's like, go it's look true. at the resume. Look at, his look resume. at the resume. It's a great resume. In the first half of the year, he was on the first tier. The second half of the year, he tailed off a little. Okay, but he's still a guy. Let me tell you something. He's going to show up when you get your Observer Awards issue. He might not be in the top ten, but he'll be in that honorable mention at minimum for re- for those wrestler of the year. I'm telling you, he had that caliber year, and a lot and enough people remember where he's going to get some third place votes, and and. Hiromu Takahashi, the year before, was, was not even arguable. I think he was one of the 10 best wrestlers in the world. 
you know, in the midst of that Dragon Lee feud. Yeah. And of course, they had the match of Fantastica Mania, the surprise match, which was to, that's going to be one of my top five matches of the year. I loved that match. I thought, yeah, people have to go back and watch that one for match of the year purposes. Go back and watch because I think you'd be stunned at how great that match was. It kind of got lost in the shuffle, uh, being a Fantastic Mania match. And I know there were a lot of people that really hyped it up, but it being at the because that happens with match of the year all the time, and that's why I go back and rewatch it because something that happened in January, it's like it, it might as well just completely be out of my mind. Other than you know Wrestle Kingdom stuff and big things right, like that, right. that Fantastic Mania completely lost out of my mind. You know, I went back and rewatched it again, and I was like, oh, my How God, awesome this is spectacular. That? Like, so but we forget it because it's 12 months ago or whatever. So then there's so much else happened, especially this year. It was just a great wrestling year that you forget that that – I mean, go go watch that thing. It's it's, it's breathtaking how awesome that I match is. I almost went five stars on that match. I went four and three quarters. You wouldn't be wild. I don't think you'd be, you know, too wild with no, that. No, I went four and three quarters. I almost went five. Um, And I thought it was the best match. I didn't see all of them. I saw most of them because I think I, they had nine or ten matches total, and I think I saw all of them like six or seven or something like that. They had a couple of lightning matches that I blew off. Um, but all of, I saw all of their big time matches, Kamatachi and Dragon Lee, like all the, all the proper one. I, I saw them all to me. That was their best one. And I almost gave it five stars. So, so here's, here's a quick little recap of Kushida's year. I know this is, but, but again, we're doing excruciating detail here, but I'm going to, I'm going to list off some matches here. This is, this is all the matches in 2016 that I think are, are, are standout Kushida matches. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you can, you can, you know, I'll, I'll go, agree, I'll go disagree through, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, we'll start off beginning of the year. Kenny Omega, Kushida. Actually, hold on. Let Wrestle me, Kingdom. Let me, get my, let me get my gimmick out here. Yeah, get your Not yeah. that gimmick. Well, geez, oh, Not yeah, that geez, gimmick. Don't do that. Not the gimmick from last week. <laughs> it's all right, Joe. Slow down. Calm I'm down. I'm not it's that excited right. about, about Kushida. Yeah. Okay? It's like, it's not. I mean, um, it was a good year. It wasn't that good of a year, Joe. Let's, let's yeah, the, you know. The, the Kenny Omega match was the match where his uh, shoulders were not on the mat. Remember they gave you that? Um, and I believe they did that on purpose. Um, where uh, and, and and then Omega moved on, but yeah, that was the Wrestle Kingdom match, and that was a very good match. I think that was like I don't know, I'd say three and three quarters somewhere uh, yeah, in that range. Somewhere. Yeah, uh, Bushi Kushida in February, February fourteenth. Uh, I know you didn't like that one all that much. That but... one, yeah, that one I didn't like. As a matter of fact. All right, then we had um, oh I forgot about this one uh, February twenty sixth two thousand sixteen uh, ACH Kushida Matt Seidel versus Kenny Omega Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson in Ring of Honor. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, right up there. Again, you know, a little sleeper. Then the spring, he had an incredible run here. So you have Will Ospreay in, in April, April 10th. April 10th. Yeah, I gave that four and a half. Okay. Uh, then you have uh, Kushida Kyle O'Reilly in May, May 21st. Now, the, the, the April 10th Ospreay Kushida, was that the one where Ospreay lost use of his arm and he was doing the hand, and he did the handspring spot without his I, arm? Or was that the second one? I can't remember. Because there was that one in June then. I don't, I, you know, honestly, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't remember, remember which was which, but I gave that one four and a half. Now, what was the next one? Uh, next one I brought oh, up Kyle was, O'Reilly from May. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah, May twenty first. Yeah, I mean, I went four and a quarter on that, but I think I was low. I think a lot of yeah. People wait, 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 we're gonna go through a little run here. That's gonna be like these are like you know in three months or whatever. Like you're saying, first half of the year he was absolutely there. Yeah. Uh, then the uh, best Super Junior final it was uh, May 29th against Taguchi. No, that was that was that was, that was uh, that was Osprey Taguchi. You're confused. That. Oh, that wasn't that was not the final. Yeah, sorry. The the semi. It was. You mean, it was, it was May, yeah, it was May twenty ninth though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it wasn't the final. Sorry, it wasn't the final. Right, sorry. So correct. what else? What else you got? Uh, then there's the Osprey one in, in June, June nineteenth. The June nineteenth Osprey. Uh, let me see. Osprey Kushida. Yeah. Okay. So that one I didn't like as much. So the May, the April one had to be. I think the April one was the better. Yeah, I, I remember that being the better yeah. one, if I remember correctly. Um, I forgot to mention this one too. Uh, him versus Liger uh, in uh, May, May third. I'm really loving that match. I don't know what you where you stood on that. I love that match from what I remember. 
checking your gimmick there. Hello? Hey, yeah, I was that. fucking around with the mute. I'm sorry. What, yeah, what do we have after that? Uh, well, I said the Lego one. Yeah, I no, I heard you. I just, that. I was talking, but just don't, just, let's just... <laughs> just ignore that I'll, one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kushida Ishimori in uh, July, July 20th. Remember they had their little uh, uh, singles match there. Uh, and then another July one uh, versus Volador Jr., which is one I have not seen yet, but a uh, very hyped one. But that's just kind of a list of, of a bunch that I kind of brought up here with, with 2016, looking at, you know, cage match and cage match ratings or whatever. That's a really good year. And, and then and you got some. Notice, you know, see, that's all July and earlier. He fell off towards the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's like, and, and that's, yeah. yeah. But that, that's to be known with, with you know, without, you know, once, you, you know, G1 comes and the tag league comes. All that, so they, they kind of lose a little bit of the, the, you know, the singles juniors matches kind of lose, you know, they don't get as much prominence or whatever. So that's a part of it. But yeah, like you're saying, half of the year, absolutely wrestle the year contender. Yeah. You go the last half, you didn't have a lot there, but that first half is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and I think it's enough to make him like a second line contender for those awards. He won't win them and he won't threaten for them. No, he was no. a favorite. No, he was one of the favorites in the first half. People were going nuts for his year. So the only qualifier I'll put on this match is if they give you LIJ bullshit. And right. it is a possibility. It's always a possibility. I Look, I don't, don't think it's a possibility for the Naito match. I think they're going to leave that one alone. Um, I think at, at, at worst, maybe you'll get Sonata and Evil try something and they get run off by Ishii and Elgin or whoever. I think they'll keep the match clean, though. This match, though, I don't know if it's guaranteed that respect. What do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think we're getting it missed. You know? I think at some point, because she just getting misted. And that would bother me. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I, I that's 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 one of my reservations about this, like you said, is that it's going to be something where, you know, he's going to get misted, he's going to get beaten with something. This is or why I was that's... iffy on Hiromu being in LIJ. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't, I don't think he needs that. I think he's much better just being a punky you on know, his own, a lone wolf. Yeah, exactly, just... lone wolf. A, a punky lone wolf would have been perfect for him. But yeah, that, that's going to be one of my worries. Is because it, it seems too obvious. Like you, you, you mentioned it a little bit before when we were previewing another match. Is that I don't think that's the end of these guys. I don't think like you know Takashi wins and Kushida just goes away. I don't think Kushida beats him. And, and I think this is a long term feud that's going to happen. And I, here. So, and, yeah, I think, I do... and I think either guy can matter, can win, and it doesn't matter. Right, yeah, they're, they're going to battle each other again, but I, I do, the part of me says the best build of that, or, or what they're thinking in their minds is, if we're going to build towards these guys having a long-term feud, Takahashi and, and, and Gobernables are going to steal the title from Kushida via mist, via some nefarious means or whatever, and Kushida, you know, ending what has been a, a fantastic run with the junior title, you know, other than the Bush, Debushi uh, loss, he's had just an incredible year a, as well, so you look at that overall, yeah, I, I think that that story just seems like it works a little too well to have them all fuck with him. And then Kushida have to work his way back up, you know, throughout the year. Didn't they just and, you know, do that with Bushi. And they Bushi did though. Yeah, I agree. Like, I know. And but but that's kind of the problem sometimes with New Japan yeah. is is they kind of do the same story a lot I mean, of times. I, sometimes. That's why it's gonna annoy. Me. We just saw that story with Bushi. Yeah. No, I agree, and I, I don't like it. But I, you know, I, I I see that state of mind. If they're if they're they're coming down here, they're putting the you know pad to pencil or whatever or a pad to paper, going yeah, you know that that yeah, I could see that being a thing that they do. Yeah, that's, so that's I, I don't know. Flying the ointment here. I mean, we could get that, and I and I won't be yeah. happy about it. Could be an incredible match up to that point, though. But that, that's one of those ones where you know how we talk about there's some matches where like the ending doesn't bother you and it lets you, yes. it doesn't ruin the enjoyment of a match. I do wonder if this one, if it is like an awesome match and then he gets misted and you know that's how he loses. I mean, it'll like, have ah. to be a really awesome match in this case because I really don't want that here. 
Mm-hmm. It's, but I hope that there's Wrestle the sanctity Kingdom. of the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, that, I hope that there's some sanctity with the Tokyo Dome where, where you don't do that. I we, We've been pretty good the past few years in terms of stuff like that. If it's fucking Dominion or Power Struggle or fucking sure. New Beginning, the Gata, I mean, all right, all right, you live with it. I really don't want that here. Um, So, yeah. But, uh, and next up's the Never. Shibata defending against Goto. <laughs> By now, my most anticipated match of the entire show. Uh, you're all fired up for the promos. Look, the promos for this match were great. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what kind of delivery these men have, and obviously because we don't speak the language, but just reading the words, Shibata is such a good promo because he just he doesn't talk like other pro wrestlers. You know what I mean? He like talks like a guy in the street, and, and, and I, I love the way he phrases things. This match, I think of the four, you know, the, the big four matches here at the end has the biggest variance between floor and ceiling because I don't think it would be outlandish if they went out there and laid an egg and, and had a three and a quarter star match. I, I, that wouldn't shock me. It also wouldn't shock me if they had a four and three quarter, you know, a four and three quarter star match and flirted with, you know, best match of the night. It's going to be some stiff competition, but I think they can go out there and have a great match. Um, but I could see it going either way because both of these guys have the propensity to lay eggs at times. We've seen Goto lay eggs. We've seen Shibata lay eggs at times. My one reservation with Shibata moving forward, and he's going to be a main eventer next year or the year after, it's, it's clear that they're elevating him. And there's data to support that and everything else. But the thing with Shibata, I'm not certain that he can deliver at the main event level consistently once he does get elevated, because there are times where his matches, I love the guy. And I think, you know, when, when everything lands with him, he's great and he's unique to watch, but I'm not certain that, look, you know, Okada goes out there and delivers every time, you know, Tanahashi goes out there and delivers every time. You never have to worry about Kenny Omega in a big spot. Okay. Shibata's a guy I worry about. I, I don't know. I'm not completely sold. He can deliver every time at the main event level. He he does. I, I it's a really good point because I think he does rely on a little bit of tropes a little too much. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not a, a, a again. We both love Shibata, and I, but when you talk about like the the top level main event story, and we'll talk about it when we talk about these last two main events, the subtleties of these matches, the little stuff here and there, the you, you know the, Okada grabbing the wrist, like things that like multi layered stories within matches or whatever. That's the stuff that New Japan main events are made of. That sort of stuff. And, and Omega, we're, we're going to talk about again. That's a guy that we know is going to deliver a lot of those. Shibata, I love Shibata, but a lot of times the match just kind of relies on sheer brutality or whatever, which is his game, and that's what it is, and that's fine, but I think what you're saying, and, and, and at least this is how sort of I'm inter- interpreting it, or at least from my end, is that you have those fun Shibata matches where he'll do the big headbutt, he'll do these sort of things. The visuals of a Shibata match are spectacular. The the, the optics of a Shibata match can sometimes be spectacular, of, of the blood running down his forehead, the, the stiff shots, all that sort of stuff. But does that work on like a main event level? Is that something that's repeatable all the time? Is that something that you can you can just have you know Shibata versus X in a match and he's going to deliver to that level? That could be a, that is a really interesting case, and I think this is a good test case to see because this would be essentially one of a, one of the bigger moments moments of his career as well. Because you know the Ishii match last year was was you know near this level again, but this is a guy you know this is another opportunity where we see him really you know taking that next step that this. You know, last year he was still kind of working his way through this. He's taken that next step now. He's he's gotten that badge of honor now. Now the, the sky's the limit for him, provided he wants to take it, provided he can take it. So I'm interested to see it, but I, I do 
I, I'm with you again. Like I love Shibata matches more times than not. I, I I do enjoy them, and I don't know if I necessarily agree that I don't think these guys are gonna. I think they're gonna have a great match, and I I don't see it being a, a, an egg. I mean, maybe they'll, they'll surprise me and lay an egg. I, I I don't know. I really don't think that, but um, I could see that with Shibata that there is sort of this issue of, you know, what is a main event Shibata level match if it's not you know, kind of the big headbutts, the the blood running down. That's he's kind of relied on that stuff for a while, which is fine. That's his gimmick, but. Is there more to him? Is there a deeper understanding of the art of pro wrestling for Shibata? Or is it just sheer brutality for him all the time? And the one annoying thing that I see around the internet when I go to message boards and I, you know, I do my research for the show and I see what um, other people are talking about when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom. And people are still whining about Shibata not getting pushed. And it's like, you're not paying attention. You know, I know we talked about it a couple months ago, but this is a guy who had six six singles main events this year in his entire new Japan career previous counting his first stint that what, what was it? Was it rich? He had two or three total. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this year alone, he's had six singles main events and you still see these people too, with the whole, ah, the never titles, a trash title. You don't want to hold that title. People are so lost when it comes to that winning, the, holding the, you know, having the never title built around him during the course of 2016, was a symbol of his elevation. Holding the Never title means that you main event shows. He main evented six shows this year. Three of them were Never title matches against Ishii, against Kojima, and against Evil. Okay? And look, they weren't enormous shows. They were a uh, they were Kazuna Road, the Singapore show, and actually a Road 2 show against Kojima, which happened to be in a slightly bigger building. But that's the role of the Never title, to headline those small to mid, mid-sized shows where you need a decent main event to put asses in the seats, but you don't want to burn something valuable. That's what they've done with the Never, and to me it's been brilliant. I mean, that's smart, okay? You can argue that maybe they should do that with the tag titles. You, should, you can argue that maybe they should do that with the junior title. They've chosen to do it with the Never title. And and winning that Never title is an elevation. He's clearly been elevated this year. He's had six singles main events. The Never titles revolved around him all year. He never held a singles title before this year. And he was the key component of the Noah feud, which would have been a big deal moving forward if the Noah sale didn't happen and the Noah relationship didn't fall apart. If you fall into the camp that you're still waiting around for a Shibata push, you're lost. He's in the middle of it. He's getting it now. He was pushed all year harder than he's ever been pushed before. And it's going to continue, and he's going to be pushed even harder next year. It's, it's, why do people look at this Never title as, as, as like a demotion or something that's not good? It's a clear elevation. Yeah, we're like year three of having to explain this. So I mean, can, can people start paying attention, please? <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. to be. You're, you're essentially, the, as you're saying, like the third-tier draw or whatever, and that, that's a big deal for a guy who – you know, there was worries about whether this guy's going to bounce again. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, too. People had this idea. There's worries about Shibata. You'll, you'll hear when we talk about these quotes of, of, of Goto and Shibata kind of, uh, you know, jawjacking back and forth between each other. There's still the thing of Shibata left that company when it was in dire situation. They don't like that. That's something that they still have not really gotten over, the company. Right. That's the thing that they're not going to – Goto it's mentions it in his promo. We'll talk part, about it in a little yeah, bit. A big part of And he story. says – well, Shibata has no room to talk because he left when this company needed right, him most. Shib- That's a Shibata big deal. Because Shibata Goto for joining Chaos. Right, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. And Shibata and, and Goto's rightful 
thing was, well, who, who the hell are you to talk? You left without telling anybody. You just bounced out of this company when we needed you. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And the other thing, too, you, you know, that's that's a big deal to be that third drawing card. They've, they've obviously relied on him to that point. That's the next stepping stone for guys. I mean, that that's now you've, you've sort of, you've done this. And, and we see this. This is how the progression goes. I think maybe people are just confused because maybe in American wrestling, it's just like, snap, you're ready to go. You're ready. Okay, there you yeah, go. You're ready. Now thing, you're Rich, I'm tired of talking about this year after year. When are people going to get a clue <laughs> as to <laughs> this company does things slowly? Okay, they, they, this is how it works. Kenny Omega had to, had to work as a junior for a full year. Okay, he wasn't happy about it. And we, and we told everybody what was coming with him the day that he signed. And he didn't believe us. He didn't believe us. But now look, he's headlining Wrestle Kingdom. I promise you, Shibata is going to have a bigger year next year than he had this year. And this year was a huge year for him. He, he finally signed a contract. And what have we been telling you all along? As soon as he signs a contract, they're going to push him. He signed a contract this year, and he got the biggest push of his life. When the people, when are people going to listen to us, Rich? Why doesn't anyone ever <laughs> listen to us? We're always right. But, but I mean, you know, this is the biggest push of his life, and the never title does mean – I mean, it, it's, you know, people, you know. It, there's still people who think the Intercontinental title doesn't mean it. I mean, so <laughs> how can you convince them that the never title is, is meaningful and means – Here's a here's a fun little exercise here. So Shibata had 121 matches this entire year. Okay, how many times did he take a fall out of the 121? Well, Rich, I do have the spreadsheet in front of me, but I'm not going to open the window. Oh, it says you don't. So okay, we might have different for, ones. It is not showing you as up. Purposes right now. of the game. Oh, maybe I don't have. Oh no, I don't have it open. Okay, ah, right, there it is. Right. See? I don't have the stats open. Okay, so he was in 121 matches. How many times did he? Like take a fall? Did he take the fall? So of course that 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 includes singles matches that he right. lost, and then tag matches that he took well, the fall it's for. Obviously, going to be a super low number. What what is it? It is eight. He took eight falls all year in 121 matches, and people will still argue that he's not being pushed. I mean, it's amazing. Right, Okada five, Tanahashi six, Omega six, Togi Makabe, who's insanely respected, is seven, and Belak Fali, who's a monster, is eight as well, and he's tied with Naito. Right. That's the upper echelon right there. He's not, you know, these other guys, Hiroki Goto, 10, uh, you know, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, 13. That's, that's the other, that's the, that's behind. Those are the guys that I could say are not pushed. You know what I mean? A Goto and Ishii, they're not pushed. Uh, you know, uh, Evil, 15, Taguchi, 19, you know, Hanma, 20. Those are those guys. He's not in that, you know, eight. Yeah, <laughs> eight. He's, protect- like, he's with Togi Makabe, who's one of the most, you know, the big respected, you know, cross-cultural stars or whatever. We don't, uh, American fans don't quite get it, but he's a big dealer. And then Balak Fali, who's the, the big monster that they always You're rely right. on. You, can't, I mean, you can't pin that guy because you have to keep him as a monster. But, but the, the thing that I look at, Rich, is main events. I mean, people get too wrapped up, and we're going to talk about this when I go on my Naito rant in a little bit. But Oh, God, I forgot that's it's, still coming. It's, so. it's, but the thing about it, I'm going to stay calm. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be so relaxed. I'm going to be tranquil. tranquil. They always get mad at me. <laughs> You're going to get really mad. I'm not even going to say it because people, I don't know how tranquil, to actually Tranquil, whatever the hell. But, tranquil? Uh, Is it tranquil? We always say tranquil. It's always wrong. No, it's one of those things where no matter what we say, if we say X, people are going to say, no, it's Y. And then if we say Y, everyone's going to, no, it's X. Like, I, I, I just give up. The I don't point know. here is people get too wrapped up in who the <laughs> champion is. Look, at main, main events is the big thing. And I'm going to talk about that when I talk about Naito. But this man main evented six times as a singles wrestler. By far, That's all you need to look at in terms of whether he's being pushed or not. You don't get a lot of singles matches in this company if you're not being pushed. You just don't. 
That's a lot of main events. I think that was third. Or no, I'm sorry, it was fourth. I don't want to bury the lead on the Naito thing. We'll get we'll get to the you know, I'll I'll make that I'll expand on that point when we move on to the next match, but I mean, it's getting frustrating that people still don't understand how this company books their wrestlers and how they push people. All right, can I read some of these promos now? I know you're fired up about it. Okay, so this is Shibata on Goto. All right, I think for me, the Dome is less the beginning of a new year than finishing off the last one, which I agree, by the way, Shibata. That is absolutely what we always say it is. Like, you know, WrestleMania is kind of the start of the new year. I always think of Wrestle Kingdom as the end of of 2016, now the beginning of 2017. That's how I always say that. So anyway, that said, whether that gift is in a big box or a small one, whether in the opening match of the main event, giving it the exact same effort is the essence of who I am. Goto, he's had his ups this year. New Japan Cup finalist, G1 finalist. Though the G1 was more of a gift spot. A present from Tanahashi. Nobody remembers Goto in the G1 finals. They remember Kenny for winning it. But if you ask who did Kenny face to win the G1, you get a lot of blank looks. And by the way, these are all translated by Chris Charlton as well. The uh, awesome book as well, Lion's Pride. Uh, he did a book on New Japan history. So if you're like, hey, I, I want to know all about the history of New Japan for wrestling, look it up, Lion's Pride on Amazon. You do voicewrestling.com slash Amazon, of course, too. That'll help both of us out. But uh, so where does this go to issue start? Well, for one thing, there's the entire thing about him changing the, his faction out of the blue in March. Didn't even talk to me about it. What I have a problem with is the guy just not knowing what he actually wants to do. You want the IWGP title? Then why the hell did you enter a faction where you have to be his goon? You want to change something about yourself? Then fine. What the hell have you actually changed, really? It's just everything he says or does, all that provokes for me is the question marks. I think lots of people have that same problem with him. And I 100% agree with you, Shibata, and that's the exact same thing we said when he joined Chaos. Is What the hell are you doing, buddy? Uh, but uh, I've been connected to Goto more than anybody else in my career. But I'm done with this constant talk. We were classmates, best friends, camaraderies in arms. Cut that out. We were in completely different dimensions now. His matches get me angry. I just think, man, are you all right? It's just hard to tell sometimes whether he cares, whether he's all there in the ring or not. Every time he has a big match, he says, this is my revival. Every time. So for crying out loud, when were you at your peak? What are you reviving towards? Where were you your best that now you need a revival? Tell me. I love that. What are you... That's fucking ether. What are you reviving <laughs> to? Like... Right, you're never good. You always suck. Where are you going? Right. Where was your peak? I love that. What? Okay, then fine. Tell me what your peak was, Goto. What are you trying to get back to? Because all I remember is you losing. That's... Man, that's... That hurts. That is... That's, yeah. I, that's that's, that's an awesome that's some, promo. That's some salt in the wounds right there, but... Um, so here's Goto now on Shibata, his response. He's a good wrestler, a good wrestler, but even if there's talk of his revival, he hasn't really put together the big results together. He broke my jaw in 2014 in the Dome. That's a lot. There's a lot wrapped in this match. This match is the chance to show myself, make a statement. That's it. He's bitter. Is this good enough for you? It's why I'm the point, and I'm so, yeah, I don't know. This kind of got trailed off here a little bit. I never joined Chaos because I hated Shibata particularly. I don't have anything bad to say about him, but him bitching about me, I think these are just complaints he's grumbling about since we were teaming. And I'm supposed to talk to him before I go to Chaos? He's the guy who didn't tell me before he left the company. Still, that's the two of us. He never told me before taking the dojo test either. Bam. All right. We're getting, getting crazy here. Going back they... to when they're teenagers. I know. Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's, let's, who, who kissed whose girlfriend now at this point? We're getting to that point. Uh, it's not a big a deal. We're human. Stuff changes. We've teamed. Now we don't. We fought Chaos guys. Now I get along with them. People change all the time. Yesterday's enemy is today's friend. I really think we're better off communicating by just beating the piss out of each other. That's a good promo, too. He I agree. Buried him. I he agree. buried him for leaving the company. He yeah. questioned his loyalty to him. The dojo task for Jeez, word. It's good stuff. I can't wait for this match. Now. Yeah. Knowing that, knowing the bad blood, it, it's awesome. I cannot yeah. wait. Yeah, and hopefully it delivers. I think it can. Um, wouldn't shock me if it disappoints a little. Look, it's not going to be a bad match. There's no chance it'll be bad. I think it would shock me. I think it would shock me. You'd be shocked but if it didn't we'll deliver big? Yeah, I would. Okay. I would do. I, I have high hopes for this. And again, really I, the winner could be either guy. 
Uh, yeah, this is yet another match where I, I feel bad that we're not making like these hardcore lock it down predictions. I gotta but, like, be honest, I, don't, I really I don't, don't know. know. I, I think any of yeah, these matches I mean, can go either way. Any, every single I, one of them could go either way. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I, yeah, I don't know. You, <laughs> like, would, think, you I, would think Shibata retains if they're going to do a Cody match at some point, but you could do a quickie switch and get it back to him at some point. I, I really don't know. <laughs> and at some point, you do this year want to get the never off of Shibata because this would be a year where ideally you would continue his elevations. Yeah, oh, sure. Before the G1, for sure. I mean, sure. By, by the time, you know, June and July rolls around, there, there's no way he's still going to Because be I, I think fight. he's winning the G1, and I know that's become a meme at this point, but I've been saying 2017 forever, and I really think 2017 is the year. I think next year's main event is Shibata versus Okada, the match that they've protected. Um, it's one of the few matches that they haven't done, and I think that's intentional. I think the long-term plan was to do that match in the 20, 2018 Dome, Wrestle Kingdom 12. And um, so, yeah, you're They've been saving up for a reason. Like you said, we've, we've been saying this now for three years. They're saving it yeah, for a reason. I mean, they, they, they never put them in the same block in the G1. And, you know, they think they did once in like 2012 or something. And they just never they've kept them apart. You know, they don't they, they rarely face each other in tags. I mean, they just don't face each other. So I, I, I think this is the year Shibata wins the G1. And like you're saying, you've got to get the never title off of him before the G1. Because he can't win the G1 and still be never champion. Because any, well, I guess you can't. I, I suppose he can go into Wrestle Kingdom as never champion, challenging for the. But they typically don't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. So you would think that he would lose it in the first half of the year. So maybe it's here. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, it's a good little. I, I think there was some wrinkles there in that. What Shibata said too. He talked about you know his goon or whatever. You know, there, there's some. You know, there could be subtly building towards you know some chaos thing because I mean Shibata's always kind of been weird around chaos or whatever. And that's that's the thing. He's been weird around chaos, but he's never really challenged Okada. He's never spoken out about Okada. But maybe there's maybe little by little there's gonna be some subtle stuff here. Maybe you know Goto is the first you know pillar that falls of chaos, and then he kind of works his way through that stable to get to Okada at the end. Who knows? If, but if yeah. Goto is a long term never champion. Do you think he's the kind of guy that they can? rely on to draw no in like a, yeah. in like these two and three thousand seat buildings that he'll be asked I to draw in i don't think he is i like Odo, but i don't think he is like it's no. i mean there was they wouldn't do it before they wouldn't do it with the ic i i yeah like you're saying this is a little bit different this is the you know the it's, third tier right. as opposed to the That's second tier but so, like we know, we, <sighs> we, we know for a fact that they do not trust him at the intercontinental level because the intercontinental level is a totally different level. I'm going to talk about that in about five minutes. You need to be a star to hold that title because you're counted on to headline major shows. The yeah. never title, this is why I'm asking, do you think he can headline these 3,000 seat buildings? Shibata has successfully done it. His shows have not bombed. He's done fine. Um, Goto, see, I think he can. He's such a loser, though. I don't, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, I don't know if people like pay. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Maybe I. I. I feel like my my intuition is no. Okay. Just because I wouldn't pay a ticket to see so Goto in a then my question to you is, where do they go next with the never title? Because you can't see. That's the thing. A lot of people think you could throw that title on anyone. You can't look. We just told you why you can't. Okay, that's just not the reality. So where do you go with it? Who's the next guy? Who do you think? I don't know, and there there was that little I I don't know um, I don't know if it was founded by anything, but there was that rumor of you know them disbanding the title and Shibata and retires not, with you know, and Shibata hinted yeah. at that. So yeah, yeah. That, so that was Shibata that said that, right? I, I was trying to figure out exactly that, who said. It. I remember I hear heard it, and I don't remember what, what the. Do. Yeah, go ahead. You can then, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, 
you can elevate the tag titles into that position. You can elevate the junior title into that position. Um, it doesn't have to be – look, you need a third title to draw on these third-tier shows. It doesn't have to be the never title. So maybe that's kind of what I was getting at here. If we can't come up with someone to center the title around this year, maybe they do get just get rid of the title. Or the other thing I heard, and I don't know if this was fan speculation or something that was hinted at, is maybe the never title gets downgraded and they use it for the Lionsgate shows as sort of a – So it goes back to its origin. Exactly, for the original intent because yeah. the, the original never shows were essentially what the Lionsgate shows are now. And that becomes the little prize that they fight over on the Lionsgate shows, which wouldn't be the worst idea. But you'd have to elevate one of the other titles. My vote would be for the tag titles, and I think most people's votes would be for the tag titles. Let's, <sighs> yeah, I, I like the singles. By, but you know, wouldn't it be nice if the tag titles mattered again? Yeah, but You're not getting off to a I, good start with a three-way, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, geez. Um, or with the current roster that, that makes up the tag titles. I don't know. I know, like that's say I don't like, you know, of destiny because they've, they've improved a lot but i i just feel like the tag titles never have juice but that's maybe just because my entire new japan viewing existence they haven't it, it, they've it's been you know, pretty terrible. Not been gato's priority as a booker he just doesn't so i worry about that I, I worry that you know they would main event shows with that and they would still suck you know what i mean like that that's okay, that's what if what if um whoever wins the the tag titles on this show like killer elite squad come out and murder everybody and they just, they just, and new beginning, there's, you know, a real hot match between, you know, Killer Elite Squad and, and whoever, Great Bash Heel, and, you know, it's a great match, and they, they, they maybe put Goto with somebody, and they put single stars together, and they really do a, they really put effort into reviving. It, it, it's going to take a lot of effort in you my mind, because there's been a lot of years of damage done. Yeah, there's been a lot of years of damage done there in has my been. mind. No, not, I mean, not just in your, like, in their, their no, in, in like actual actuality. Yeah, yeah, I mean so. between Guns and Gallows, and then the weak start to God's Run, and the ten, the endless Killer Elite Squad Tenkoji feud. I mean, there's just years of damage going back to like 2012, even before then. So you're right. Um, I wish they would go to the old school All Japan system where they put where stars together chase the tag titles because that's oh i'd be great yeah i'd love that i'd love like uh, tanahashi has nothing to do for a few months so we just you know teams with yeah or yeah and 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 goto and then those two teams feud over the tag you can do that there's no reason you can't do that and that's what all japan used to do you know and um you know that that would revive them instantly you know and 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 that's a good way to headline these smaller shows these smaller big shows without burning singles matches either, right? It's the perfect plan. I don't know why they don't do that. But that's just not Gato's way. Every booker has their own things that they prioritize. Look, we're talking about all Japan. Giant Baba ignored the juniors, right? I mean, everyone has, every booker has their little blind spot that they ignore that they don't emphasize. I mean, name an all Japan junior champion from that era. I mean, you have to really think about it because they, it wasn't emphasized. They just didn't care. You know, and, and, and so, I mean, you know, and Gato's thing is he just doesn't care about tag teams. It's unfortunate. I wish I wish that they did. But um, Intercontinental title. Man, we're almost done here, Rich. It's uh, two yeah. and a half hour preview here. <laughs> well, we said it was going to be that. We, people know I, you that. Know, I th- you know, I think people want it. It deserves it. It earns it. Tanahashi Naito. Now, again, I think this match can go either way. I don't think we're going to get nonsense in this match. I think they're going to respect sort of the sanctity of the semi-main event 
and really, I mean, here's the other thing too, Rich. Let's face facts, okay? This, there's two main events on this show. I mean, this is Tetsuya Naito, who's been the 1B star all year long, drawing big houses, against a guy who is still arguably the biggest star in the comp. I mean, it's, it's Hiroshi Tanahashi, for fuck's sake. Rich, these are two main events. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and again, you know, using these translated promos, Tanahashi, we, we talked about this last week without seeing these promos, that Tanahashi come, comes to this match wanting to steal the show, wanting to absolutely steal the show and show that he is the main event. That Yeah, maybe he's not in, quote-unquote, the main event or the last match, but he is just as willing to, you know, just as as he earned a main event slot, too. He, he's, this like you say, a double main event. He wants to let people know that maybe he's not the last match, but this is just as much a main event as the main title matches. Because he's a cocky little asshole. And that's like, you read these promos and, and, and you see that. I mean, here, here's one. The real reason why I challenged Naito was to have a singles match in Dome. That and I feel there's a chance, however slim, of having a main event. The IWGP title match was set, but the IC title was open and against Naito. There was a chance that I could have been in the main event and I could make it seven years in a row. Yeah. he He's a lot like Cena in more ways than one. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just, he's a driven guy. Um, he always delivers in the big spot. He, there's no question. I mean, we, we, we hammered it to death last week, but um, he, there's no question in my mind he wants to have the best match on this show, and he's driven to do that. And he's such a good worker and such a smart worker and really, to me, a genius worker that he's going to find a way to have the best match possible here with Naito. And I'll tell you something about Naito. He's kind of like Shibata to me where I'm not always confident that Naito is going – I don't consider him a lock to have great matches. He's had a few more, not, I won't say duds, but a few disappointing yeah. matches along the way. B- disappointing main events. There, there's been quite a few in his, his, his past. More so than Tanahashi or Okada, for sure. Naito doesn't always... Look, I like Naito. I like him a lot, but he's not a guy where I say he's a lock to have a great match. Now, you get him in there with Tanahashi, I'm not worried. You put anyone in there with Tanahashi, I'm not worried in a big spot. Because Tanahashi, we, we've talked about it. Give me the last time he had a dud in a big-time main event. You have to go back to, like, 2010. Or 2009, you have to go back like five, six, seven years. The guy always delivers. So, I mean, 